My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Dublin podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for nearly five years, we have brought you the very work, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bringing you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest from the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all of our old favourites, including NXT, and tonight... We have another takeover. Yeah, tomorrow we'll bring you Survivor Series, but now it's War Games. The, the WNR, WNR are, are live. live. for this. Yes, hello, I am Jay Fronis, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today is a WNR 254. We are live again for NXT TakeOver. Dan, are you excited for tonight? I'm absolutely excited, yeah. It's uh, been a very, very good lot of build-up from Raw, SmackDown and NXT, building towards this weekend, and it should be a lot of fun, a lot... You know, they've got two... Two... War Games matches tonight. Yeah, well, I'll, we'll get on through the card, like we said, we've got lots to do, but before we... The ultimate intro, and I remember when Rock was young, me and Susie had so much fun holding hands and skimming stones, had an old grey Chevy and a place of my own. But the biggest kick I ever got was doing a thing called a crocodile rock, where the other kids were rocking around the clock. We were hopping and bopping to the crocodile rock and singing about rocket. Actually, I better not. Dan, do you want to do the normal intro? Well, on the show, we have all the latest NXT news, games, AEW, and shout outs, along with NXT update card but we start first with a rundown of what's been going on this past couple of weeks yeah and there's no better place to start than uh, monday night raw and while AEW is still playing dangerous games with barbed wire and glass wwe is gearing up for survivor series the whole roster is back from saudi arabia 
and the matches for last night's Raw were filmed ahead of time on Monday night in Manchester, England. Well, we've avoided all spoilers since then, so here are the six things we learned on the night. Well, this Lana Russo thing isn't just still going, it's gone up a notch. Yeah, to recap, Lana thinks her husband Rusev is a sex addict, so she's been cheating on him with Bobby Lashley, and she keeps snogging Lashley in front of Rusev on TV, usually after Lashley has hit Rusev in the Watsits. And last night she claimed that she was pregnant with Rusev's child, but now he's just been a ruse to get Lashley to fuck Rusev, right surprise, and then she and Lashley could snog again in front of a beat-up Rusev. Yes, it's all kind of silly, but it's not fun silly, it's icky silly. And it's getting increasingly hard to work out, not just where the hell this is going, but why. Well, at some point this has to come some sort of conclusion, and we're just willing the story along to tell them. Well, the second point is NXT NXT UK continues the Imperium invasion after after NXT UK's finest got stuck in on SmackDown. The invasion continued on Monday night. Yeah, we had a former NXT UK tag team, Mark Andrews and Flash Webster Morgan, to go toe-to-toe with current Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking War Raiders experience. Well, it's a massive step up from the usual local competitors. The Raiders have been squashing of late, and Mark and Flash gave a good account of themselves, despite having to take an L back to NXT UK. Well, earlier, Walter and the rest of Imperium want to follow up the Friday night shenanigans with another statement. Walter's one-on-one match with Seth Rollins probably descended into a brawl after Imperium got involved. And Seth even had numbers with some help from Kevin Owens and the Street Profits. And after initially trying to do it all himself, Seth accepted that this is a team game sometimes and used his allies to help overcome the combined forces of Imperium. Yeah, and whether NXT UK will have any presence for the series is yet to be seen, but this local invasion won't have done any visibility audience numbers any harm at all. Number three, the Raw Men Survivor series team is complete it's a good job that Seth Rollins is relearning the value of families and letting other people have your back at Raw Survivor Series captain he has to realise sometimes not every person for themselves but to be a team player now Seth and Raw's Survivor Series team is complete well we've got Captain Rollins we've got Kevin Owens we've got my man Ricochet and we've got my man Drew McIntyre and we've got my other man Randy Orton and I tell you something, that is a cracking Survivor Series team, Dan, isn't it? You Absolutely, know? yeah. Well, obviously with Randy Orton and Ricochet in there. Yeah, exactly. And Drew Max, Kevin Owens. I mean, Seth Rollins may be letting the t- team down a little bit, but his teams go, it's a pretty damn good one. All A-listers, or near enough. And the mix of high fives, Seth uh, and Ricochet, a big hitter in Drew McIntyre, and the wily old, old veteran who's been doing it for years, Randy. An all-round vicious nuisance, Kevin Owens. Yes, and uh, a little fact here. Randy has more world title and Royal Rumble wins than the rest of the team combined. So, oh, tell us about a, that then. That's a prize you would mention. <laughs> Down in NXT, haven't got their teams together yet, but they'll do well to outmatch Seth and Co. Well, number four, Spice has got another champion versus champion versus champion match, and Shenzuki fucking Nakamura is looking outgunned already. The freeway Survivor Series theme continues. And we've got another champion, champion, champion belt confirmed. Yeah, so it's the Intercontinental Champion versus United States Champion versus the North American Champion. Well, at the time of writing, that means Shinzuki fucking Nakamura versus AJ Styles versus Roderick Strong. Yeah, they thought about having Brian beat Nakamura, but they decided to stick him in the Universal Title match instead. Well, full three men can keep hold of their titles for next... Uh, and although everyone is likely to be busy, we immediately think about the backup each champ might bring to the occasion. 
Shinzuki fucking Nakamura has Sami Zayn in his corner. Sure. But Daniel Bryan is dragging his feet about joining that stable to boost its numbers. And meanwhile, AJ Styles has Luke Gallows and Carl Anson alongside him as the OC, which surely gives him the edge. Well, don't call me Shirley, but the numbers do look in his favour. But Roderick Strong was part of the Undisputed Era. He's got Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and handsome Carl O'Reilly. Yeah, a lot of this depends on whether this match comes before or after. Fish and O'Reilly go champ v champ versus champ in a tag division. And of course, Adam Cole's uh, NXT title defence as well. Well, and with some strong refing, maybe this will end up a solid freeway between a trio of inc- incredible competitors without any interference. Yeah, but we think it will go down to the pals at ringside. Well, number five is Eric Rowan has something in his bag. Well, our truth is still after the W24-7 championship, Nab by Singh at Crown Jewel. Well, Samir and his brother Sunil backing him up in a planned handicap match, but after Eric Rowan made his presence known, Everyone just got the hell out of Dodge. Well, Rowan didn't look too bothered by the watch strap belt himself. Instead, he was seen later in the night carrying a mysterious bag with him to ringside before destroying a poor local lad named Sona Derson. Well, at the end of the night, he off with the bag still unopened, setting up a mystery that we're sure will have the sort of satisfying, eye-opening, wondrous resolution <laughs> Raw is known for. Uh, number six, Bailey reminds Becky Lynch and Shane about her that she matters. Well, the champion versus champion versus champion match at Survivor Series with the most heat at the moment is definitely the all-woman match-up between Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Shayna Baszler. Well, while all three women are technically an equal pegging, if you accept that it's an equal fair brand, and we do, Bailey is missed by her rivals. Well, Becky and Shayna have been concentrating on their barbs and attention almost exclusively at one another since this one was announced. Considering Bailey is an afterthought at best. About now, Bailey's making sure that she won't be ignored. Well, Becky joined forces with former Fight Forever rival Charlotte Flair, and once more against WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Bukaki Warriors. This time with the titles on the line. And while it looked like we might have seen the return of Becky two belts, the interference from Baszler and Bailey broke things up enough for Oscar and Carrie to get on the top and hold on to their titles. So that was Raw. I mean, like I said, it was pre-taped, so they filmed it straight after SmackDown as well. Which, uh, I mean, the move to Fox is great, but it means they've sacrificed one night at the O2, which is big money for them as well, as we've been to the Mondays and Tuesdays tapings. Uh, but now we'll talk about SmackDown and move on to Friday. Yes, well, after a week on tape delay in the UK, SmackDown is back live on the road to Survivor Series. Yeah, so we're going to get all the continued build-up to the three-way Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT battle. we also got a massive W Universal Championship match booked for the big occasion as well. Well, the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Universal Championship is set for Survivor Series. As we said last week, the Fiend is a new challenger for his Universal Championship. And after beating Seth Rollins for the belt at Crown Jewel... It wasn't entirely clear what would happen to the, either the Fiend or the Universal Championship. Well, Bray is stuck with, uh, struck with SmackDown in his first challenge in the Daniel Bryan attacked last week with a mandible claw. Well, Bryan turned down the opportunity to join Sami Zayn and Nakamura's fledgling stable because he has bigger fish to fry with Bray Wyatt. The two had a back and forth in a touch on at the finale of a stormy episode Miss TV following Wyatt's interruption. It started with Wyatt's typical mind games and ended with Daniel Bryan issuing a challenge that was accepted. Bryan and Wyatt had a storied past with Dee Bryber in a short-lived member of the Wyatt family way back when, so this one should have plenty to lean on going into the Survivor Series. But given how impervious the pa- to pain the fiend seemed in battle with Seth Rollins, Bryan will have to do something 
very special to get his hands on the newly blued Universal Championship. So that was a big change. We wondered how they would change the Universal title, and basically they just made it blue. So, I mean, is that a big enough change for you, Dan, to be happy with the Universal Championship? Does it take something away from it? Um, it is. It's quite good because, you know, it's more fitting with SmackDown, but it's still how fuck ugly that belt is. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, Bailey has caught the attention of Shania Baszler and the rest of the NXT locker room. She was beginning to feel a bit like a third brought Survivor Series. Well, both Raw's Becky Lynch and NXT Shayna Baszler paid the SmackDown champ lip service, but seemed to only really be focusing on the threat of one another coming up to their three-way dance. Well, listen, last week or so, Bailey has made more than a statement. She made her presence especially felt on Wednesday night with a one-woman invasion of the whole NXT locker room in disarray. And the yellow and black band got a measure of revenge last night when Bayley interrupted Bailey and Nikki Cross's match while Ray Ripley, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai provided backup. Well, but SmackDown isn't NXT and Bailey had some backup of her own with Sasha Banks, of course, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Tamina, Dana Brooke and more. Then evening things up. Well, it led to an eight-women tag team match with Sasha Banks, Nikki Cross, Carmella and Dana Brooke. series SmackDown team minus Lacey Evans doing the business. Well, number three, King Corbin's feud with the big dog is SmackDown's very own Rusev Lashley Lana storyline. Yeah, over on Monday Night Raw, we got an angle that the whole W universe loves to hate with the odd love triangle of Rusev, Bobby Lashley and Lana. Well, anyway, SmackDown has now fostered its own equally. Huh? Angle as Corbin and Reigns' feud continues to bubble in an odd direction. Rome Reigns has long, long called himself the big dog and a so recently crowned king has taken it weirdly, literally. Well, cue gags about dog poop bags and last night someone dressed in an oversized dog outfit because, okay, sure, why the fuck not? Corbin has always been a disguised figure among the W universe and uh, this isn't helping at all. Well, there's a difference between must-watch TV and car crash TV. And at times, at the moment, it feels like WWE is playing a dangerous toss-up between two. Well, however, there's at least one man laughing at King Corbin's promo backstage, according to reports, and that man was Vince McMahon. So, James, uh, why don't you give everyone a treat? Just how exactly would Vince McMahon's reaction have been? God damn it! I love Corbin and his dogs! Well, it's been reported that Vince was indeed howling at Corbin's segment at the start of SmackDown, and he loved everything about it. <laughs> well, I thought also knows that others in the company were not a fan. Of this. Not going to express those thoughts to McMahon. Well, uh, a source told us that remember the writers are trying to make Vince happy, and if he's happy, then that means jobs are safe. <laughs> well, Vince has always been a fan of segments that parody his wrestlers. As long as Vince is around, you will always see segments like this one. Well, Corbin produced a very similar promo on SmackDown last week as it featured him mocking the big dog's bark by making it sound like a chihuahua. Vincent Manlow has always been a fan of the comedy segments as it brings out the entertainment entertainment. However, many fans are in agreement that this segment was more cringy than comedy and hopefully the writers will take that feedback on board. Uh, number four, SmackDown has a head start against Survivor Series teams together and Ali is Master Frally once more. Well, there's a new WWE TV show in town, and so as well, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, social media, YouTube, and just popping on the website, important pay-per-view build, and more can now come on WWE Backstage. Well, most of the attention this week's show went on a shot return of CM Punk to the WWE, 
well, to Fox, presumably W's blessing, and surely open the door to the company in some capacity, in some line. Well, but the other big announcement on the show was the Men's Survivor Series team for SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G. Well, that means we've got the full SmackDown team for the men and women decided, while Raw, the whole women's team, and NXT, the men and women's team, are still yet to come together. Well, in theory, that gives SmackDown an edge as the players start to work together and get a strategy. And though it means that some of these excluded from the team will attempt to do some damage to the chosen five and take their place. Well, step forward, Drew Gulak, who tried and failed to dislodge Braun Strowman. (laughs) (coughs) Step forward, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, who tried and failed to replace Shorty G and Mustafa Ali. And yes, it is Mustafa Ali now, while Chad Gable's name keeps losing bits. Ali has got his first name back. Yeah! Well, as an aside, we have nothing against the occasional name change, reboot, or tweak to a persona. But it doesn't half make it hard to keep track of who you're rooting for when they may change their name a bunch of times. So it should be done sparingly and with real thought and firm decision making. Uh, the SmackDown Survivors to his team is not the strongest, is it really? That's we, <laughs> we said how good the Raw team is. The SmackDown team is not great, is it? Yeah, but they do have um, Strowman. They they have Strowman, but they lack a lot. Of, Strowman and Reigns are probably the two guys you would think would do it. Uh, we'll catch up with more Raw on SmackDown tomorrow because we're also live for Survivor Series. We'll be live again at 9pm. But like I said, thank you everybody for joining us. We love to do our live shows. Talked about Raw on SmackDown. Let's move on to NXT News. Well, Jordan Miles, is that your pick? That was that my was pick. your pick. Yeah, you picked yeah, him. I yeah, won you, in the breakout tournament. Beat under contract with WWE, the company confirmed. Well, he posted a video on Twitter. Miles said he no longer to work, wanted to work for the WWE. Well, his actual statement went, and I'll, uh, I'll try and add the swearing in. As of today, I'd like to officially announce that I quit fucking WWE. I'm no longer employed. I refuse to work for racist. I fucking quit. Fuck them. I hate that fucking company and everything they fucking stand for. Hold our fucking people back. I do this shit for the culture. I don't need anyone's fucking permission to do what I want to do. Screw Jordan Miles. Don't ever call me by that slave name. Call me ACH. And don't forget the super bitch. I quit. Fuck you. Well, he doesn't seem happy. And only bit doesn't know. Miles had criticised the WWE t-shirt design that he believed referenced racial stereotypes. Well, WWE responded in a statement that Miles, whose real name is Albert Hardy Jr., approved this t-shirt for sale. And the promotion works with the wrestlers when it comes to merchandise designs. Miles counted the initial design as made him uncomfortable, but that Triple H, WB's executive vice president of talent live, Vince Great was under the impression he had signed off on a T-shirt. Well, while not referencing any specific wrestlers, Triple H spoke Thursday on a conference call about wrestlers using social media as a way to announce their desire to leave WWE. <laughs> he said, I don't understand people having issues. If you have one talks." Put that out in the media, there's no way to go back up to business. If I had a complaint with a talent, I don't go on Twitter and complain to them. I speak to them. I never understood that process if it's legit. Well, there's a silliness to it. A maturity issue of it's not how you handle business. Anybody that is out there that is serious about it, gaining their release that is, that's taken on the internet, using their phones, you handle your business like a professional. Yeah, and uh, with his separation from WWE now, fish. 
couples can return to the ACH moniker and book independent dates. Well, according to Hausman, he's set to appear for heavy metal wrestling in San Antonio on Friday and will compete for Pro Wrestling Revolver in Desmanis, Iowa on December 27th. Yeah, but you would think now he is gone from WWE for good. And look, he went about his business. People might say it's the wrong way or whatever, you know, two sides to every story. But it's good that they've released him, not, you know, kind of held on to him like they have other wrestlers like Luke Harper and stuff like this. So, you know, it's, it's like, what are your thoughts on it, if any, Dan? Well, just, you know, going off what have you said, is that WWE's way of saying, okay, we was a bit wrong, we'll let him have his release well. and we'll just uh, try and sweep this under the carpet? <laughs> or is this him just saying, like, just fuck off, we don't really care about you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a bit of both in the end, but it kind of worked the way it did. We've got more news and releases tomorrow, but we go on to Joey Ryan. Of course, we're going to feature him every we do. Well, the Joe Ryan versus Ken Shamrock match from this week's Impact Wrestling has gotten some criticism from people, including a certain Jim Cornette. Yeah. Well, first, I'd like to say we watched the Impact Wrestling match, and I thoroughly enjoyed Joe Ryan versus Ken Shamrock for what it was. You've got to have some fun. Ryan responded to Cornette by noting that a clip from his match with Shamrock has more views, 138k as of last Wednesday afternoon, to the new episode of NWA Power, which had uh, 85,000 views as well afternoon but Jim Cornette said well the most important lesson this gives to aspiring young wrestlers past don't work for amateurs trying to run a wrestling promotion and here's what happens when a promotion just gives up and embraces being a joke is if you ever make any money in wrestling save it hashtag a shame so Joe Ryan responded the one minute clip of my match from yesterday has more views than the entire episode in WWE your commentary from yesterday get on my level Cornette has no interest in making wrestling better. His agenda is to divide the wrestling community by asking them to choose sides rather than grow us together like a family. He's toxic to industry growth. And, uh, you know, you can't dispute Joe Ryan, what he's trying to say. And, you know, Cornette then proved it. Well, the NWA has announced Jim Cornette is done working for their company after he resigned over an offensive comment of his being pulled from power. Cornette attempted to describe the strength and courage of Trevor Murdoch during the latest episode of NWA show by saying, he's the only man I've ever known that can strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. Well, this prompted the promotion to apologise and edit his comments out of the episode. Well, in a new statement, NWA claims Cornette has now resigned from the company. Well, effective immediately, Jim Cornette has resigned from the National Wrestling Alliance as an announcer on the November 19th edition of NWA Power. Jim made remarks during a singles match between Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch that were both offensive do not meet the high standards of decency and good faith of the National Wrestling Alliance. They continue to ensure that such an error can never happen again. We've established new procedures of review for all NWA programming going forward. We sincerely regret our failure in this regard. And then Cornette tweeted as the announcement went live saying, Morning everybody, heard any good jokes lately? This coming Friday's Jim Cornette Experience, wherever you find your favourite podcasts, is liable to be a good one if you like hearing stupid people told what they their stupidity. Right, okay, so Dan, I'm going to ask you straight and just tell me straight up, is that a racist comment or not? I, I wouldn't say it's a racist... Uh, it is a racist comment, but it's not racist in the you know in the way of saying an n-word it is because i don't know about you but i've heard thousands of jokes about the ethiopians 
Yes. Yeah. You know, how do you get Ethiopians into a phone box? How do you get them out again? How do you make an Ethiopian rate? You know, so many jokes like that. I don't think it was meant across as racism. You know, Jim Connor, he's kind of an old set in his ways kind of guy. Yeah. But I still don't believe it was right him saying it. You know, there is a certain line that you shouldn't cross, and I believe he crossed it. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. And Jim Cornette, you know, a lot of people say he's a brilliant mind, but there is something obnoxious about him, and uh, I, I think this proved it here with a comment that... The, the problem is, is that we look at... And saying it to maybe one another is, is not that, you know, or, or whatever that is, but... Or it, but we, when, as we say, we know it's kind of wrong in that way. Whereas Cornette's excuse is that, oh no, it's just a joke. So it's even worse that he doesn't actually understand that's offended anybody, as opposed to knowing you're saying something to offend someone. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where Cornette is a little bit maybe stuck in his ways, which is a bit of a shame. But Joey Ryan is still a very successful businessman because of what he does. People may knock him for it, but he continues as well. And, it just goes to show, you know. And he's still employed. Yeah, he's still employed with Impact Wrestling. And if you do want to listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, don't and listen to us instead. No, it, it, it was, yeah, it was horrible. Anyway, we'll move on to injuries. Well, the news broken on WWE November 12th and confirmed by the man himself this morning that Johnny Gagano is injured and won't be cleared in time to work TakeOver War Games or Survivor Series this weekend. Is a just ask Gagano. Yeah, he says, full honesty, I'm really proud of my team sitting back, watching NXT crew of Central Raw Smackdown from the sidelines, but it has been hard. My silver lining was a hope that I've been able to make it back for TakeOver, but that's not the case. Well, the NXT Grand Slam champ looked to be on the collision course with Finn Balor, uh, but when Balor attacked him as part of the Tilter, it looked like they set up a feud. And it probably still is, but for now, it was a way to write Johnny Wrestling off. Well, Gagano is also a logical fit as part of, and he may be in the captain of, NXT's men's Survivor Series team, if that's his role now. He'll essentially be a manager. In-ring leadership will have to go to someone like Tommaso Ciampa or possibly Adam Cole. Well, the roster is deep across its bound. The Triple H show uh, will have no reason to believe that maybe Velveteen Dream or Kushida will be ready for action in Chicago land. Well, with this being NXT's big statement motion, motion, uh, moment, where the show arrives on equal footing with Raw and SmackDown is definitely a letdown to not have one of their signature superstars available to wrestle. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I find that a shame because I think he's wrestled the last... He's got a record of a lot of yeah. takeovers in a row. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. The shame, the streak has to end. Uh, but we move on to a quick NXT UK news. News. WWE confirmed on Saturday that the next special for the NXT UK brand will take place on January the 11th, 2020 at the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, England with NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. Two. And tickets will go on sale Monday at 10am. Well, WWE held TV tapings for the NXT UK brand on Friday and Saturday from Hull, England at the Bonus Arena and we'll do all the spoilers course with our next NXT update. But following these tapings, here's the updated card for the show. We've got an NXT UK Championship match, Volta versus Joe Coffey. NXT UK Women's Championship match, Kaylee Ray versus Tony Storm versus... Ladder match for the NXT UK Tag Team Championship, Gallus versus Imperium versus Grizzled Young Vets versus South Wales Subculture. Triple H commented on the upcoming event by writing the following as his official Twitter account. In the same building, NXT UK was born in the place you created a new brand, your brand, the Empress Ballroom at the Empress... 
Blackpool, England. NXT UK Takeover Blackpool 2. Streaming live on the network Sunday, January the 12th. Tickets on sale Monday, 10 a.m. GMT. We are NXT UK. Yeah, I mean, they sold out in two hours for the event and they've released uh, where they're going to be uh, for the first six months of the year. And unfortunately, it's nowhere near us either. But we'll look out again. Uh, what do you think of that card just by glancing at the three matches there? Does it excite you for the next one? Does it seem a bit predictable that it's a couple of months away and yet the car's already kind of set in stone? Um, I'll. The only match I'm really looking forward to is a tag team ladder match. The uh, women's match, it's kind of, well, we've seen it. Uh, and the NXT UK Championship match, again, we've seen it. Yeah, it kind of looks a bit of predictability there. What I would have liked, maybe, rather than, you know, obviously they're going to have their own event, but why not put NXT UK, if they're going to move the NXT takeovers, put that in the position of the big four events, and then you can have that on the Saturday night before Royal uh, Survivors or Royal Rumble, and that will bring more eyes to the product as well. But it seems NXT UK is only getting a couple of takeovers a year. Is that enough for NXT UK to only have that? Um, I think it's good for it to start off small, but if they're going to have, you know, just two or three a year, then I think we need either a WWE or an NXT pay-per-view over here as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you with that. I think it would be good to see. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens when it comes to NXT UK. But one of our favourite parts of the live shows that we do are shout-outs. Let's move on to them. Well, we go on to Chef Mono Yane. Sorry if I've got that wrong. Uh, tag Team Wrestling, on point. Women Wrestling, on point. Wrestling Overall, on point. NXT, the show of the year. I, I disagree, but Dan, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, again, I don't know if they're just referring to the WWE brand as it all, or is it including every other bland, band? Um, I, I do think NXT has been better for me this year as a whole, but, you know, All Elite has only been going for eight weeks. So, you know, you can't really judge it against that until All Elite kind of, Gets off his foot in the air. It is good that All Elite have been beaten for the first time. It kind of, you know, it shifts the balance a little bit. And it is, you know, I do like to see a good bit of healthy competition. And hopefully, you know, it improves both brands. But, you know, I'm I'm a fan of wrestling. If wrestling's good, then I'm happy. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. You know, as long as the product's good. NXT has been really good. I don't think it's been as good as it has been in the past, but that's a, I think that's another argument. Anyway, but uh, we'll see what our shows of the year are, of course, uh, next month, as it is as we do our uh, WNR Awards. Next shout-out, Tamsin Moshin Khan said, Seth is Monday Night Raw is my show. SmackDown is my yard for Roman Reigns. Adam Cole NXT is undisputed. And this year's slices will be greater and greater, baby. So you've become a huge fan of Adam Cole this year, haven't you? A massive, huge fan, haven't you? I wouldn't say a huge fan, but it's he, he is impressing me. You know, you can't lie that the bloke is a talented worker. Um, I just think the man himself's a dick. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Seth and Roman, I think, you know, Seth, they're, they're starting to they're fizzle on him a bit. You know, he's not the Seth Rollins that was hugely over with the burn it down. And, you know, he's... He's kind of fizzled. And Roman, I don't know, is he making his way back up there? I don't think this annoying storyline with Corbin is kind of helping matters with Roman Reigns at the moment. So that's kind of... But I think what's helping with that is that they're kind of 
the negative things are going towards Corbyn as opposed to Roman. He's still being protected, but as soon as they put him in like said, that larger spotlight, how will they react? But I think it's it's quite bad in a way. If you look, who else is there to challenge it really? I mean, you got you got kind of got the two hill champions now in the Fiend and Lesnar, but they're kind of special attractions in a weird type of way. Who else is there underneath them that could break through? I mean, Kevin Owens. I mean, he's not really near. You know, it's like who else could be? I think Kevin Owens has got a bit more work to do. You know, he's super over with the fans, but I don't think they want to capitalise on that just yet. Yeah. You know, because once you give him the title, but who's going to be able to beat the Fiend and who's going to be able to beat Brock Lesnar? It is kind of it's getting tough. You know, you've got Daniel Bryan. Going against the Fiend, which is going to be quite a one-sided match. I don't know how Daniel Bryan's going to pull it out of his ass. And again, with Rey Mysterio and uh, Brock Lesnar, I mean that's going to be. Was that? <coughs> and for me, in a selfish way, it makes me worried about someone like Drew McIntyre because the thing is, you've got two heel guys at the moment who are pretty indestructible. Once they do lose to a face, the face won't be losing it for a little while. So then you think, what about someone like him? What's you know how long he's going to have to wait for his kind of opportunity? So you know it's it's kind of like yes, yeah, Seth is at the moment, but who else is there to take the mantle? It's kind of um, difficult at this moment in time. Yeah, but you you have to you know you can't deny that the you know Seth Roman and Adam are the faces of their brands. You know yeah. AJ Styles is kind of. Got himself a bit quiet. You know, he's taken himself out of the limelight a bit, which I think is good for Styles because you don't want too much overexposure. I don't know about Seth and Roman, but I think they might need to take a step back, you know, even further. I know they're locker room leaders for their respective brands, but, you know, let someone else have the push for a little while and get them out of the limelight. And then when they do come back into the picture... That you know the the fan reaction might have changed on them. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, and that's a a great uh, shout out as well. Uh, we move on to our next one. Oh, Jackie Balls says Riddle versus Balor will be one of the on the card. Now, James, you're not a fan of Riddle nor Balor, <laughs> so do you want to take this one? I'm really not looking forward to this match. I mean, we're going to run through the card in depth. But when you look at it, it's kind of rushed about because it should have been Johnny Gargano. I think that match would have been a lot more special. Where Matt Riddle, don't get me wrong, he is a good worker, but he just grinds against me. And with Finn Balor, you know, just both of these guys have just got kind of idiotic, smir- idiotic smirks, smirks even at the moment. Just kind of look at, I don't know. I mean, they're good worker. It should be a great match, but I think in general, when you look at takeovers it, tonight, is I'm a bit worried about because you've got two War Games matches. And you've got the other two matches, I'm sure they're going to be good, but the two war games in themselves are going to be like 45 minutes long. So can, can the takeover really deliver after how good AEW was uh, last week as well? Well, you know, with the war games matches, you're going to have to have one of them on early. So the women's one's probably going to start the show. Then you'll have the Riddle Balor. Then you'll have the triple threat match for the number one contender. Then you'll have the men's. Or, you know, it might be men starting off and the women's yeah. ending the show. Well, you might have a filly. You might have someone coming out here as well and, you know, making an appearance and being attacked by someone. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they do. Might have a Survivor Series um, invasion leading, you know, trying to get people excited for tomorrow night. But in my opinion, you know, with Balor, I think he's a tre- tremendous worker. He has got an untold amount of talent. Riddle, I think he's got the talent. I just hate his persona. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it could be a very, very interesting match too. Again, you know, we've both gone for predictions. I don't know who you've gone for. You don't know who I've gone for. Um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, which way either of us have gone with it. Because, you know, I think Riddle could do with the win 
in NXT, but I think Balor's reinvigorated heel character, he could do with the win as well. So, you know, it is... No, I, I think I agree, and what we should say is how close predictions are as well. It's 4-4 when it comes to NXT, so tonight is vital. But like you said, when it comes to it, there's a little bit of predictability over the matches, but is there enough excitement leading into it? And like I said, we'll discuss that more later with uh, running through the card. Uh, Dale Devils said, Great show and storytelling. So many feuds going into the War Games and Survivor Series. Fourth member of Team Champer is still not revealed. Let's see who it could be the KO or Triple H or someone else. So we'll talk about who we think the mystery man will be. Well, you know, again, we've gone for a, a little bonus point uh, in our predictions. Um, there there are a few. You know, there's, there's rumours that it could be uh, Johnny Nitro or Johnny Impact. It could or... be Johnny NXT, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, because we've already got a Johnny NXT. Johnny Gagano. Oh, maybe they can feud over it at some point who as well. Who gets the NXT moniker? Well, Johnny who? Johnny Elite? Johnny a pole on a match. <laughs> the, the name Johnny on a pole. But there's you know, there's a few. I think Triple H has ruled himself out. Yeah. Kevin Owens, you know, he was trying to get recruited by Triple H, so they've teased that there. Will he, you know, will he or will he not? <laughs> I know. Stop yeah. laughing because I'm saying Willie James. <laughs> You're so fucking childish. Um... Who else could there be, you know? Could it be Kushida? We spoke well, about yeah. him earlier. That would be interesting. Uh, could it be like, outside the box, someone like Tyler Bate? would be fantastic to be put in that oh. match, you know? Uh, someone like someone from NXT, maybe UK, who could uh, make Volta. an impact. Volta. Uh, but it's a little bit of excitement. Like I said, we still don't know about the Spice Series teams uh, tomorrow night either, so that would be interesting to see what happens. Um, as well as the show and storytelling, I think it has been brilliant leading up to it, and I've even been tuning in and out of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Um, it's kind of drawn me into it, but it's something that I wish they could carry on throughout the year, but it's something that's only localised to the Survivor Series area, you know. They could push it over to Raw Rumble, as I think we discussed having 10 of each brand. Yeah, that'd be cool. Going into it, that'd be, you know, as you say, quite cool. Um you know, could they have faces, face-offs for their places? You know, there's but only the, 10 spots on each show, so... But would that take away them from the type of moments? It'd be interesting to see what they do. You know, with WrestleMania, would keep them maybe separate. But then, I just take over the need to, like, uh, one event a year, that's their WrestleMania. Or is it good enough to deliver at every takeover? You know, that's the question there as well. Where are they going to go in that way? I think they're, they're good sticking with their four or five shows a year, and kind of um you know progress into that they don't want to shoot their load too quickly as you know so to speak but we don't know who it's going to be but obviously we've got bonus point on the line and of course we've got predictions we're keeping our cars close to we our are test. we are we're not going to say anything and of course we'll release the episode on wednesday uh, and it's first time ever nxt takeover will be before the big four event well mr crabs brilliant name spongebob fan obviously uh the fans Seth versus Chomper or Fiend versus Taker. But Mr. Crab says CM Punk versus Adam Cole. That would be a great match. That would be a very good match. My <laughs> my dream match, you know, obviously with CM Punk returning to Fox Sports 1. It's not under the WWE banner, but it still could happen. Um, mine would be against AJ Styles. Oh, that would be a great match. Um... I think maybe mine would have to be something like Samoa Joe, uh, arguing over, you know what I mean, arguing on backstage and then all of a sudden, you know, on commentary and stuff like this, uh, because they've got history, both, you know, Punk's got history with both men and could both give uh, 
a great showing in their match. I mean, there's been lots of rumours about Seth Rollins. But, uh, I mean, Adam Cole will be one. It'd be interesting to see what they do. If they, you know, would they bring Adam Cole up to the main roster and then have Punk appear in there? Would it happen somewhere down the road? You know, I think if Punk was to come back, maybe he wouldn't go back to full schedule as it was. But there'd still be a few matches. Even though Punk and Rollins have uh, before. But I think it'd be interesting to see. Do you think CM Punk will be wrestling at WrestleMania? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My heart says yes. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he will personally. I think they're going to try and build it as long as he can. I know we've got this little thing with Seth Rollins going. You know, he's not going to interact with any wrestlers, and you know, Seth's given a response, and Punk's responded, and you know, there's a little bit of back and forth. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see him back. I would fucking <laughs> pop so much, but. Will we see him tomorrow night at Survivor Series? It's I mean, in Chicago. Chicago. That's a Chicago way. And uh, of course, we'll have more CM Punk uh, talk tomorrow. Uh, but Jamie McCuckre said, unfortunately, Heart of NXT won't be at Survivor Series. Or maybe he will. Do you think Johnny Gagano could fool us all and make a surprise appearance here tonight, Dan? Again, I, I'd like to see him, but I don't think he will, no. Um, it is, as we said earlier, it is hugely unfortunate he's got his streak going and he is the heart of NXT you know without that it won't be beating as strong but I think with Ciampa you know he's he's learned a lot from Gagano as Gagano has learned a lot from Ciampa so maybe I would, he can lead the team to glory I would say out of the you know you talk about heart aside all of uh, NXT I think you would say either Ciampa or Gagano now I mean I would say Ciampa's the brain and Johnny Gagano's the heart. Oh. And without the other, they can't function properly. Yeah, uh, but, you know, there's uh, loads of people that have made NXT what it is today as well. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Next shout-out. Alex Banks says, After War Games, Rhea and Shayna need to lock up one-on-one -on -one for a proper title match. And she needs to finally drop the title. And would feel legit. Oh, she needs to drop it to anybody. Just anybody. Bayes' title reign. She cannot be Oscar's run. It cannot be done. Uh, she needs to lose. Is Ray Ripley a woman to do it, though, Dan? I think Ray Ripley is. You know, she is, certainly is um, a viable competitor for the women's NXT title. Who else is there? You know, because Candice LeRae's come up short. Io Shirai with a heel turn. So she'd be facing... Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's for, I would love Io to be champion right now, but maybe Candice LeRae. But again, is she uh, to ready to to go to that level? I think Mia Yim's a legit badass for it. Yeah, I think Mia Yim, especially you know, we're going to see with NXT update later her performance in the ladder match. Uh, maybe something like you know, an outside site like Tony Storm or uh, Piper Niven, something to come in and really shake it up. Because I think those two women will definitely be women's champions at some point. Uh, but the women's division is definitely true. It, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, especially with Raya. I mean, she's kind of brought a ray of sunshine to the women's division. And, you know, as much as I still like to see her in NXT UK, I think they can survive without Raya Ripley. Whereas, you know, I don't think NXT would have survived as well without Raya Ripley joining them. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you in that one there. But it's, it's good times at the moment. Uh, next shout-out, or yeah, our last shout-out even. Well, Anna Shaddix says... War Games isn't about friendships. It's risk versus reward. Why do I love that line so much? Can't wait. 
Shayna's war game teams looks more formidable than her actual stable. That is so sad, and that is quite sad. You know, <laughs> she hasn't got Marina Shafir or Jasmine Duke, who are two women who have been by her side for a long time, and it kind of does make them look like a pair of idiots. Yeah, I think without a doubt, it it looks they look so weak, uh, and you know, it's it, it's kind of sad, really. That they, they they've done it in that way. Is there any saving Marina Shafir and um, Jasmine Duke on the main roster, or do you think they should just cut their losses for them now? Well, I think the only reason why they haven't given them the boot already is because they're still holding hope for the four horsewomen of MMA versus the four horsewomen of WWE. That is it. There is no other thing, and once that's done and dusted, Duke and Shafir will be gone. Yeah, I I completely agree with you there. Baszler is, don't get me wrong, I like her, but she's just annoying, you know, in that way. So, I, I you know what I mean by that, didn't you? You know, not not in a kind she's of... She's gone stale. Yeah, it's just the same thing over and over again. And, uh, you know, it's not kind of the best thing there. But the hype videos, as we heard at the start of the show as well, how good the NXT promos are, you know, they always seem to uh, kind of get it right. Uh, and it's definitely built up for excitement here for TakeOver. And later on in the night as well, we've got a big show ahead of us still. Uh, we're going to have all the kind of stuff that we do. We're going to have games. And we're going to talk about the the card, the more in-depth analysis. But we'll also do NXT updates. So let's do the first week of NXT, Dan. And when does that start? Now! So, yes, it is NXT update. And it's November 13th. We get highlights of last week's show and Slipknot bring us in. Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix inform us the Cruiserweight title will kick us off. Leo Rush has a huge contingent of family here for him. And we also see Malcolm Bivens in the crowd. Leo Rush versus Angel Garza and Garza offers his hand, but it's a ruse. He's unable to grab the champ, however. Well, Angel grabs the double underhook set up for his finisher again and climbs to the middle rope. Leo fights back and they're trading headbutts while sitting on the top turnbuckle. Rush manages to flip Gaza to the mat and follows with his frog splash. But Hector's nephew kicks out. Uh. He hits it again as Angel is getting up. The referee counts free, but the challenger's other leg was clearly on the bottom rope. Yeah, but it says Leo Rush defeated Angel Garcelle. And we see Leo on the ramp celebrating while Gaza fumes. And Maro throws it to the camera outside. Trainers are rushing to check on Tegan Knox and Ray Ripley, who are knocked out after being attacked. But by who? 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 After a commercial, we get a video package on Shania Baszler's trip to SmackDown and Raw. And now it's Zia Lee versus Elia or Numph. Numph. Well, Numph is with her bad and bougie partner, Vanessa Bourne. And Maro reminds us this is a rematch from the USA premiere two months ago. Lee is on the lookout for interference from Bourne from the jump. It's all Zia at first who outstrikes and outpowers Elia. But after dealing with Vanessa, she gets pulled throat first into the top rope by Numph. The heel isn't able to do much with it, however. It's all over seconds later as Lee hits a roundhouse kick to the face. Well, the trainer's out to check on Alaya or Numph, who either got a nose broken or a mouth busted with that kick. Nigel informs us that we get a match coming up between Cam and Pete Dunn. After another commercial, the real rock and roller is here. Let's see what he has to say. Well, Finn Balor says, this is it. This is NXT now. What happened to this place? What happened to the business that I loved? I used to be proud of this place. 
but now it's a joke. Well, he mocks Johnny Gargano for being hurt three weeks after his attack and says he's whining on social media looking for sympathy. And don't get him started about Matt Riddle, who he took out with a 1916 on a ramp last week. He can't do a him from behind and chases him into the crowd. The original bro tells him to run because he won't be able to run forever. Well, undisputed era here. They circle the ring and tell him he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Riddle's War Games partners are here to back him up. Tommaso Ciampa throws Matt's flip-flops at the uh, Undisputed Era and Keith Lee tells him to get in the ring. He puts over Adam Cole's impressive run on the main roster shows but says they still have to deal with him. Roderick Strong grabs a mic and asks if he knows who he's talking to. Cole is on the greatest run in NXT history and deserves a night off. If Lee wants a match, he can have one with him. The Limitless One says he's not picky. Things break down as we go to commercial. And when we come back, it's Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong. And he announces the form us William Regal made the match and sent their teammates to the back. This is non-title and it's all Keith to start. So that means Keith Lee's going to win it then without <laughs> even looking at the results. Um, yeah, well, Roddy tries to lock in a stronghold but can't turn Lee. They trace strikes for a while and a huge clothesline puts them both down. Cole and the Undisputed Era head down the ramp and Chomper and Riddle attack them from behind. The faces get the upper hand, but Balor is back and he takes out Riddle. Well, back in the ring, Lee is watching the action. Roddy hits another jumping knee and follows with an Olympic slam for two. Two. Strong follows up with a senton, but Keith pops up and hits a supernova to win it. And you're right, Dan. Keith Lee does defeat Roderick Strong. Obviously, it's an untitled match. Well, we go to our next match, and it's Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed. We get a fist bump of honour before they start, and then exchange leave with no clear advantage for either man. Reed puts him down and follows with a senton, but when the big man climbs, Swerve hits him with a heel kick. He climbs, but almost gets flatlined, but he's grabbed and turned into a tombstone setup. Swerve fights out of that and hits a DDT for two. Two. Reed catches the run in. Isaiah from the set out spine bust, and then gets a near fall of a backpack driver. Ozilla tries for a suplex, but Scott escapes and pops his arm over the top rope. And we get a uh, swerve Scott defeating Bronson Reed via pinfall. And they shake after the match, and Beth kicks it to Kathy Kelly. She tells us both the men and women's locker rooms are on high alert, as everyone is wondering if the attacker is from Raw or SmackDown. She doesn't have any leads, but she can tell us that Matt Riddle will face Finn Balor at TakeOver. That also means Riddle is out of the War Games match. Dominic Dijakovic takes a spot, and we still have an open spot on Team Blackheart. Well, after some ads, we get another video. And then it's Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane. Well, Dane is making his way down the ramp when Damien Priest jumps in from behind. Dunn slides out to get into it with him, and Killian recovers and blasts them both into the apron. Security, trainers, EMTs run in, and Priest recovers to throw Dane into the steel steps. Security gets him into the ring, and he takes them out. The last one gets crucifix bombs onto the collective on the floor. Dane and Dunn get up and start brawling again. So the Archer of Infamy flattens him with a step tope and he walks out to his music. And Kathy is interviewing Mia Yim who basically dares Raw Smackdown to bring it and vows to win the War Games advice for her team tonight. Dakota Kai knocks and comes in. She says there's no hard feelings. Mia earned a spot on Ray's team fair and square. And if anything happens tonight, she has Yim's back. And it is Mia Yim versus Io Shirai. For the main event. Yeah, this is the first women's ladder match at NXT Arena at Full Sail. There's a briefcase above the ring that will grant the winner's team the entry advantage at Wargate. It's been a bad match so far. They're doing something different to ladder matches that you usually see, as in fighting on the outside, trying to get into the ring to use the ladder, rather than just taking ages climbing a ladder, which can take away sometimes from ladder match when you're just waiting for your opponent to come back in. Absolutely. Well, do you think this is NXT's kind of response to the fact that AEW aren't using 
women wrestlers, like you know, they're having them on the dark match and not giving them like any more than five minutes by having two women fighting for a spot in war, well, fighting for the starting war games in the main event in a ladder match. Yeah, I think that's I think there's one thing NXT is doing right at the moment. It is the women's division. Even the story with Dakota Kai not being in a team and me him taking a place. And, you know, fantastic work, EO Shy and Candice LeRae feud. I mean, that's really been hitting it. You know, we talk about the women's division not being as strong as maybe it has been in the past. But there's no doubt there's plenty of talent there, especially if you include NXT UK in that. Oh, wow. We just get a suplex from Mia Yim to the ladder in the ring. And that's got to hurt both women. But EO Shy's heel turns definitely helped her, hasn't it, in recent weeks. We've seen a different side to it. I think it's definitely more enjoyable. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh... I think this is kind of like the revival that the women's roster needs. I mean, you know, with the addition to Rhea Ripley to NXT in America and Shirai kind of turning up a gear or two. We've got Candice LeRae doing her thing. Moving. We don't really see much of Bianca Belair with her long hair. No, I mean, she is a part of uh, Baszler's team. And it's going to be interesting to see what role she has to play. Of course, Baszler's been a champion for so long now, defeating people like me and we've seen a takeover and uh, Bianca Belair, so there's going to be a lot of hard feelings towards her. But like I say, for being a main event of the the show as well, especially in the ladder match that we don't see a lot, especially in the women's division. Well, Shirai hits a six on the HBIC. I do like ladder low, black and yellow like uh, NXT. It's not the kind of generic silver one that you get used to in uh, WWE now. Well, well, they've gone from... Uh, they've kept up with health and safety standards, <laughs> like going from... Wooden ladders to metal ladders, which are now the norm on building sites. Uh, good for them. And a one-woman flapjack there. Oh, yeah, Shirai on Mia Yim kind of turns things back around in her favour. Well, I think she's just given herself time to recover, actually. And there's Yim again just stopping EO from even getting to the ladder. Oh. Well, EO is so impressive managing to uh, land to the feet and evade a shot from Mia, uh, from Mia Yim. But comes charging to hip tossed into the ladder upside down. And it looks like she hit the edge of it, but still it's gonna fucking hurt. <laughs> Look away, Eo's just drawn out on the ring. And now it gives a chance to Yim to get the Well Mia's got the ladder, she's trying to set it up in the middle of the ring, hopefully before Shirai can actually recover. And Eo's stopping Mia getting up that ladder. I've been thoroughly impressed with Eo Shirai recently. Well to be honest, you've been thoroughly impressed with Eo Shirai. Throughout her NXT time. Right, uh, my pick in the uh, May Young Classic came up just short. Against who? I think your pick won that, didn't she? Yeah. 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 And now Yin with the vicious kicks. Just taking out Io Shai, going for the arm. And now Mia Yin gets thrown face first into the ladder. Shirai pushing the ladder over. Kind of resetting Mia Yim's advantage of setting up the ladder back to zero. And now putting Yim in between the ladder, sandwiching her there. Oh... And bringing that ladder down. And I think she might have broke it. She has snapped one of the uh, supports in it. And I think EO realises that maybe looking for another one. And unlike an AEW, they actually know where stuff is underneath the ring, which is good to see. <laughs> and unlike one of the first ladder matches, they did actually have a spare. So if they do <laughs> fuck up a ladder, they've got another one to use. Then I suppose in AEW's defence on that side, and, you know, call me sceptical and I'm not one for AEW, you know, why would wrestlers, or why should wrestlers be known where things are under the ring? It should be a surprise, and it's, they should be, like, having a look for things. So, in terms of storytelling... Without a doubt, I, I actually agree with you on that one. And, uh, well, Mia Yim's just hit the protection neck... Oh! ...on Io Shirai. 
So she had uh, done all the effort and brought a new ladder into the ring. But Yim's got the non-broken ladder. She's got a bit of a pain in her back, struggling to lift it. Oh, yeah, he's been attacking that. It's been great strategy. And she springboarded back in. Oh, and Shirai springboard seated dropkick sends a ladder into the face of Mia Yim. I think it looks like Yim's been busted open. Oh, my word. And now the referee's going to have to come in. Mia Yim's pissing out blood. And Eo could just climb up, but she's been told not to. We'll see a replay of how it happened and have actually stopped the action in the ring. Cool. Well, it looks like one of the rungs hit her square on the nose. Oh, there is no good way about that. Nah, absolutely not. And you can see the big pool of blood in the ring. Well, Jess Carl's there and Eo. Got a really weird way of lifting the ladder. I think she's pretending her arm's busted so she can't do it. Ah. She's, try she's trying to buy time. Intelligent. Like the professional that she is. Absolutely. Well, me and you might be out, and it might just be a clear path for Yoshai to get up and get a team first dibs at War Games. Shirai's still got a bit of jip going on in her left arm. It's kind of taken it away as a match now, isn't it, in a weird way? It has, but, you know, you can't take away access. But Yim's up, drags Shirai off the ladder. And the fans chanting Mia as she goes up. No, Shirai grabs the leg. German suplex. And uh, I don't know about you, but with uh, bloody nose, you find it a struggle to breathe. So she's got to kind of breathe through her mouth as opposed to her nose as well. And she's just been thrown backwards in the corner. Oh, double chest. And Eo smells the blood like a shark in the water going up now. No, Mia Yim sweeps her legs. Back rake. you got to think Mia Yim is just fighting on adrenaline now. That might have spurs her on a little bit. Come on, you spurs. Well, now Miriam going up, got Eo trying to suplex her, but Shai knows this could be it. Fighting out, headbutt, knocks Jim down to the mats. And here comes Dakota Kai down. Well, she thought she was in the team until Miriam took her place, and now she's checking on Mia. Well, Shirai just took the pair of them out. A huge moonsault off the top, <laughs> even the way Eo landed. And I don't even know why Dakota Kai got involved. I probably weren't sure if uh, Yim was able to take the full bout of that. Now you back in the ring. He's got the ladder. Looking for the advantage. He props it up now, but he's struggling to get it in position. Well, I don't think the ladder is central. And Dakota Kai, he's not even in the match. Getting involved. Picks up Eo Shirai. Set out powerbomb. And for a face, he's, it's a real heel move as Yim probably can't see. Gets thrown in. Well, even though she's not on the team, she's still a team player. And it just shows the toughness of Yim and... Oh, wait a minute, Kaylee Ray! She's from NXT UK, though! The women's champion of NXT's here! And Yim's in trouble! Well, there's... Oh, shit! Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, me and Yim... Well, we thought that me and Yim's <laughs> busted nose was going to be bad enough for her in this match, but... Getting thrown off a ladder... Through and uh, Kaylee Ray helps uh, Io Shirai into the ring and literally pushes her up the ladder, keeping watch to make sure no one else comes in. And now Io at the top, got hold of the briefcase, and Io gets the advantage for her team at War Games. But there's a lot to unpackage there. Has Kaylee Ray cemented her place in the team? Well, that's what I was about to ask you. I, I, I think so. She's come out and made a huge impact. Basically, even the odds on that one... I mean, that's an interesting development with Kaylee Ray involved. The other thing, does Mia Yim now, is she up for contention for the Johnny Gagano Award for most punishment taken in a year? Oh, wow. 
broken nose and then come flying off through another ladder at ringside. I didn't even see that ladder set up. <laughs> well, the punishment both of these women took was hellacious. Dan, what are your thoughts on this, man? Um, again, you know, the accidental injury kind of took away a bit from this match, but it's something that you can't kind of odds. You know, it's a match with a ladder. It was an accidental shot. I'm sure, you know, no women's going to hold her hand up and say, look, you know, you're to blame for this. You know, it was something that happens during a match. That bump off the ladder was absolutely fucking crazy. Um, and in a shocking appearance as well. Kaylee Ray yeah. showing up, yeah. I mean, it definitely gets you interested for war games. Now we're going to see a replay of me and him. God, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, another time. You see her face is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> she bounced. Well, that might be the worst bump of 2019. Well, my nose don't hurt no more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it's getting me excited for war games, especially these women. And another thing I like, along when we first started this podcast, even, and we show about uh, the women as well, is, is, is the fact is that they, they, one of these matches, you know, oh, we can never dream to. And now it's as good as, you know what I mean? It, Absolutely, yeah. It, and, and that's what women's wrestling, I think, has, has changed so much over these past few years now. The fact they can be involved main event and it's as good as anything else. And then the final shot of NXT, I think that confirms Kaylee Ray. Well, you've got Bianca Bella, Io Shirai, and um, Kaylee Ray standing there posing and... Uh... James's favourite, Pete Dunn. No, sorry, Shayna <laughs> Baszler makes an appearance and she stands at the top of the ramp. Uh, the victor's here. Yeah, well, they've all got something, haven't they? As Baszler looks on, she's got the briefcase that she won. Kaylee Ray's the women's oh, champ. Bailey. Bailey's here. Badass Bailey's here. <laughs> as she sends Shayna Baszler face first into a women's title. And as the... Uh, the rest of Basler's team kind of back her up. Bailey does the off. So it must have been Basler and attacking everyone in the night. Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir and uh, all the such. And that builds excitement, of course, for Survivor Series as well. Uh, what did you think of NXT this week? I thought it was very entertaining. Um, you know, with the Cruiserweight match, I think the Cruiserweight's kind of fallen down, down, downhill. Um, it's not really... Uh, Anything of note or anything worth happening now. Um, you know, it is good. It's it's building brilliantly to war games. I think, I don't know if they're kind of relying on the NXT roster a bit too much now because they've got their war games takeover and then the next night. So they're going to be very, very busy boys. Yeah, so let's see how they get on tonight. So we'll have more NXT in a bit, but let's uh, talk about AEW. W, but they've been in the news. Well, before then, I'll just... Well, it does involve AEW as well, but CM Punk, he tweeted, it is weird trying to catch up on five-plus years of wrestling. I'm doing what I can. There's bright spots. Mostly women, from what I can tell, there's bad too. I'm going to talk about it, and no one is safe. Tagged Renee Young, WWE on Fox, Booker T five times, Real Page, Vince McMahon, and... Tony Khan. So Tony Khan obviously responded saying, no one is safe. Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. And that prompted a tweet from Randy Orton, who rarely uses Twitter, but, you know, he comes on when he does. He's got a few zingers. And he says, what's that whole thing about glass houses and stones? And he tagged in a, um, a link to Jaguar's owner, Shahid Khan, which is Tony Khan's dad, 
being investigated for corruption. Um, Tony Khan responded saying, I thought you only tagged me in your post when you were grasping for leverage. That article's over a year old. Plus, it's about as baseless claims made about my dad years ago. That's the best you can do. Nothing. Meanwhile, in the time since that was written, you used the N-word on Twitch. Ooh. That obviously required Randy on to respond saying, Jacksonville Dixie, why else would I tag you? If I wanted to talk business, I'd call your father. Kiss emoji. And... <laughs> Brandy Rose then said, that's the end of the fight, TKO. And Charlotte responded, please. So, you know, there's um, there's a bit going on in the background. I think, you know, it is true that WWE wrestlers only do tag Tony Khan in things when they're calling leverage. But, you know, who who's right and who's wrong? Well, I think this is the thing. I mean, to respond to that shows that it's uh, not a little bit desperate as it was, but it's just something that maybe shouldn't have happened. But it's what's going to happen on social media if you're on there. And Randy Orton always likes to wind people up anyway, doesn't he? So I think that will work. But an incident occurred during Starcast festivities in Baltimore, Maryland. Well, according to sources, who was in attendance at Jimmy's favorite famous food Tony Schiavone's birthday? A fight broke out between AEW wrestler Jimmy Havoc, the bloke who used a staple gun, uh, during the 12-man battle royal and announcer Excalibur. The report states Excalibur had to put Havoc in a chokehold prior to the altercation behind broken up by Atlas Security. The fight allegedly occurred in front of AEW founder Tony Khan. Yeah, Havoc was reportedly intoxicated during the incident and felt remorseful afterwards. According to sources who were close to the situation. Situation. So at some point during the altercation, Jimmy Havoc threw a punch at Excalibur but missed, which led to Excalibur putting Havoc in a chokehold that put him to sleep. And then the security stepped in and got Excalibur to release the chokehold. However, the incident was not over because when Havoc came to, he once again throws a punch at Excalibur, only this time he connected. This resulted in a skirmish brawl pulled apart between the two until security could break up and escort Havoc outside. Well, once outside, a member of the security was attempting to calm and intoxicated Jimmy Havoc down, but this was interrupted when Excalibur came outside to try and talk things out. Jimmy was still upset and was not wanting to talk and said to have thrown his cell phone in the direction of Excalibur, missing him, but not the ball. As his phone broke into pieces, security again separated the two, sending Excalibur back inside while they waited for an Uber to pick up Havoc and take him back to the hotel. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not all... Uh, roses in AEW there are and if you let people drink and go out they will have these types of situations situation so for the first time ever on a live show let's have a look at the AEW fallout from full gear well we go to AEW Dynamite which was on November the 13th and it begins with a full gear recap video there's nothing in it apart from the Amiga Moxley match it appears and Joe welcomes us to Nashville when it's Star Order versus Jurassic Express on a slate for tonight, along with Nyla Rose in action. So here's the Omega Moxley match. The doctors tell Kenny Omega to take the week off and rest up. Omega is informed that John Moxley came out of the match mostly fine. And he will be in action next against Michael Nakazawa. Well, Nakazawa has the baby all but tosses it away. Moxley shakes off a few punches and clotheslines Nakazawa. He proceeds to pummel Nakazawa in the corner. 
Nakazawa then counters with a back elbow, but is immediately put away with a weak-looking paradigm shift, and it was a very, very quick match. Yeah, Moxley then has a mic, and if that one counts right, he said he's delivered this promise at full gear, and Omega will never, ever be the same again. Well, he calls Omega one radical son of a bitch and says he respects him. Nobody in that dressing room besides Omega has the balls to step up to him, but he'll take down everyone, everyone one at a time until he's the last man standing. He calls anyone out to confront him, but you better kiss your loved ones goodbye and have an ambulance on speed dial. Moxie drops the mic and leads through the audience. But we were talking, we watched a, and uh, we were talking, what Dean Ambrose do you prefer, John Moxie in AEW or Dean Ambrose in WWE? You said something quite interesting. You said you prefer the AEW version. I do prefer the AEW version because they're kind of letting Moxley be what he was supposed to be. Don't get me wrong, I did love Moxley in the Shield. It was an awesome stable, but I think at some point during that, they should have let Moxley be the Moxley that he is, you know, some ruthless kind of Cactus Jack style wrestler, Yeah. which, you know, and there's, I don't really think they kind of touched on that. I think I know they had that weird cage match with Jericho. Yeah, it was the Jericho, yeah, Extreme Rules. And, you know, that was kind of touching on something that he could do, but again, the match with Omega, I didn't really enjoy it. It was too spotty. You know, it was just spot after spot after spot, which was, it kind of took away from what the match could have been. But, you know, it was an interesting match. And it's interesting to see Moxley as well, kind of saying he's got respect now and kind of being a little bit facey, even though he's kind of heel, so he's kind of riding the line. You know, he's a three-to-right right now, and that's quite interesting. And then we get Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt versus Dark Order, which is Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. You like Dark Order, didn't you? Or I, Luna, I in particular. do not like Dark Order. I was moaning about this throughout. The fact that he just doesn't look like a professional wrestler. If you want to look different, we don't have that because it looks like old-timey wrestling, if you know what I mean. Well, both members of the Jurassic Express are in the ring and taking out Dark Order with tandem offense. If, uh, well, that I can't really keep up with. The Dark Order then regains the upper hand and leaves Jungle Boy in a heap outside the ring. Stunt is taken down with a backbreaker and then fatality for the pin. Yeah, it wasn't a bad match, was it really? A taxi match to start. But even Uno has a mic and he's sitting on his minions. He tried to recruit Marco Stunt into the Dark Order, but it's not happening. The Creepers, at least six of them. At least 12. Jump Jungle Boy and Stunt and pound them into the ground while a crowd chants for Luchasaurus. Well, they're... Chance were answered as Luchasaurus comes out and the crowd is losing their shit. He comes down the ramp, taking out one creeper at a time with holy shit chance, making their way through the arena. He then enters the ring and takes out three minions with one spinning back kick. Only Chuck Norris can do more. Grayson is the only one left in the ring with a big man and he eats a choke slam and standing moonsault. Well, Luchasaurus embraces the Marco stunt while the crowd enthusiastically cheers this all on. Yeah, and it was a brilliant moment as well to see Luchasaurus back with Jungle Express. Well, we are now greeted with the chairman, Sean Spears' entrance with Tully Blanchard, who's in action next. And Peter Avalon with Lever Bates on his way to the ring and he berates the audience in Nashville while into the ring. And Dan, you're a fan of the librarian, aren't you? I fucking hate him. He reminds me of that. Who was that um, university professor bloke back in the day on wrestling? He wore the purple robes in WWE. The genius. That's it, yeah. It reminds <laughs> me of him. He's just like, fuck off, you tit. And it's not, I don't hate him because he's a heel. I just hate him because he's a tit. Well, Darby Allen's out next to compete in the triple threat versus Sean Spears and Peter Avalon. 
Well, the crowd is chanting, let's go Derby. I don't know if that's a football match chant or if it's for <laughs> a wrestler. Avalon dives face first into the mat from the top rope and he is clear from the ring. Well, Derby uses the ropes to pull off a crazy arm drag on Spears. Derby has the ring all to himself, but Spears tosses Allen off the buckle before he can launch a dive into Avalon. But Joey Janela suddenly makes his way out and is brawling with Spears. Janela chases Spears through the audience and we're left with just Allen and Avalon in the ring. There are no DQs in a three-round match, so the fight continues on. And Allen puts Avalon away with a coffin drop. Yeah, defeating him cleanly and then he grabs uh, a mic and says, John Moxley, I accept. So from what we were saying about John Moxley earlier on, issuing a challenge to anyone in the back, he didn't come out then, but he... Came out after getting a victory. So, Alan, what do you think of him? I think he's he's quite a radical character. I don't like his name, but his character is quite good. Yeah, the character is different. And I think that is what uh, they can bring to it when we see different people. We've seen it with, like I said, Jurassic uh, Express already. And now with Darby Allen, the guys you wouldn't see in WWE. Absolutely not. Well, we go to a break, and then when we come back from commercial, Nyla Rose makes her entrance with her opponent already in the ring. Yes, yeah, Nyla Rose versus Danny Jordan. This will probably be a squash, right? Well, pretty much, yeah. Nyla misses a lunge in the corner, but none of Jordan's moves have any effect. She takes Jordan down with a big boot, but Jordan then counters a choke slam, slaps Nyla in the face. It doesn't take much longer until Rose obliterates her opponent with a sit-out powerbomb for the pin. Well, the commentators say that the women's division is on notice. So they've had four minutes yeah, four so minutes far of action. in this show. Uh, we get an update on Dustin Rhodes' injury, who should be back in just under a month. Yeah, we get a dozen battle roll next week on the show as well. And then we get Tony Schiavone, who's on the ramp interviewing Ali. Ali says she's done well on Dark, but wasn't so what she can do on Dynamite. Well, talking about the Dark, the lights go out and Awesome Kong with Brandy Rhodes enter. Ali offers a few preemptive strikes, but no avail. Kong easily takes Ali out of the ramp with Brandy holding Ali's hair. Kong cuts it off and takes a chunk of Ali's hair as the crowd boos. So there you go, more women involved there. They've got at least another three minutes. Well, they have at least another two and a half minutes. That takes a total up to seven minutes for the women on a two-hour show. Well, Le Champion will be out next. Yeah, Chris Jericho makes his way to the ring by himself with a huge smile on his face and the AEW World Championship on his shoulder. He gloats about still being Le Champion and also from the greatest of all, also the greatest of all time. He demands a thank you from every single member of the AEW roster, the back office, the front office, the side office. He wants a thank you from people that matter and not the jackasses in Nashville. Jericho Coast Cody and the titled millennial son of a bitch who isn't as good as he thinks he is. Lights go out and there's the entrance for Cody, but instead of Cody, it's MJF who emerges. MJF makes his way to the ring while Cody music plays and the crowd well, there are thunderous boos and arsehole chants directed at MJF. MJF said he didn't throw in a towel. Cody's career would have been over. The people boo him like he's a villain, but the people have been cheering for the true villain, Cody, the whole time. He says Cody couldn't give less of a shit about any of these people. The real Cody only cares about himself. These sheep don't want to believe it. Only MJF knows the real Cody because the real Cody is a liar and an abuser. Cody saw MJF. 
and just saw some someone he could make into his puppet. Cody is a sociopath. Well, the crown charts bullshit. And MGF says, what's bullshit is the idea that Cody ever gave a damn about him. Cody didn't want MGF under his ring. He just wanted MGF under his thumb. But to his thumb ain't big enough to hold MGF down. And now he's a new face of AEW because he's better than Cody. And Cody knows it. Well, MJF then addresses Christopher in the ring and says Jericho would be on his third or fourth instalment of his Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Jericho calls him Maxwell and they exchange rumours about MJF possibly joining the inner circle. MJF says he knows Jericho would love for him to join his inner circle jerk. But just like all these inbred redneck hicks, Jericho likes drinking a little too much of the bubbly. The fastest rising star in pro wrestling, MJF, doesn't need Chris Jericho. Well, Jericho says that MJF wants to be like the champion and points out the similarities. His parents clearly got horny when Jericho was beaten Hoover to Guerrero 25 years ago and nine months later his twerp pass popped out. Well, neither man will budge on, it, on inviting or accepting an invitation to the inner circle. They do the bit like Jericho and Kevin Owens did years ago with, I know the biggest jerk in AEW is, teasing they will say each other before exclaiming that it's Cody and hugging. Cody comes out and takes the both men in the ring. He beats up both guys, but when he gets ambushed from behind by Wardlow in a suit and tie, Wardlow destroys Cody as the crowd boos. MJF directs Wardlow to snap Cody's necks. He hangs Cody over the top right by Cody's ties as the referees, officials, EMTs come down to break it up. I thought this was a fantastic segment. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, it wasn't a bad segment between the two. It's kind of... I, I think it's boosted MJF as a heel, but it was something that we knew was going to happen. Um... Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is about it is that uh, with um, MJF, it was a brilliant kind of thing with Chris Jericho that they had their back and forth. It, MJF, Chris Jericho's been experienced in so many years uh, in the promos, and MJF was there on his level. And then Cody Rhodes coming out as such a good guy, you know, uh, shows that, that it's working. And Wardlow, who we weren't sure about, is now being put uh, in that position, and it's a position to to be in, you know. Yeah, it was an interesting storyline. It's um, it was good as well, but you know there was a little bit of a glitch from Cody Rose as he tried oh, his yeah. Randy Orton esque power slam, but he's obviously not as good as Randy Orton and couldn't pull it off first time of asking. But you know we can overlook that, I suppose. Yeah, well, equilibrium was the problems to that. So, that was yeah. JR's classic line, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then we go to break on the show. And we're back, and here's the next match. It's Adam Page versus Pac. Well, they immediately get down to business with Pac launching twice onto Page outside the ring, including a moonsault, and Pac already going for the black arrow, but Page runs away. Suicide dive for Page onto the bastard. Page plants Pac with a powerbomb for a two count. Two. The crowd chants cowboy shit. (laughs) I think that's good. Pack loves Page in for a repeat of the brain busted chair shot from full gear, but Page is the one who hits the brain buster this time. Page gets Pack in the ring and hits the but Pack kicks out. Uh-huh. Page gets a little too wrapped up with the refs and falls victim to multiple kicks from Pack. He's now stomping Page into an oblivion and ignoring the refs' orders to stop. Page is motionless. Pack goes to the top. He smashes Page with the black arrow on Page's back, then locks in the brutalizer, and Page is passed out. Oh, Pack defeats Adam Page. 
then pack holes and move for a while, then let's go. He won the page. Well, there's suddenly a crazy ball backstage between the young Bucks and Proud and Powerful. Bucks put Ortiz for a table, but then Santana lands a splash onto the Bucks from a forklift. Well, he continued brawling the bus for a bathroom door. Well, Orange Cassidy has to be chilling, minding his own business in one of the best spots of the night. And it gets a fucking huge cheer as well. Uh, I know that kind of made you smirk. It did. Well, we go to a break while the brawl spills out to the arena. We're back and security is out being assaulted in chaos. Matt Jackson's down the ramp in pain with PMP standing tall. They drag Nick over to the seat and beat Nick's injured leg with a loaded sock. They now have Matt and a spray paint in a table with a bullseye. They lift Matt up and powerbomb him through the table just like they did to Rock and Roll Express a few weeks back. Well, Brandon Cutler is out there trying to restore order, so they beat his ass too. He really should have known better. Well, here comes Private Party. They shove Proud and Powerful, but then officials finally break things up. Private Party will have a match with Proud and Powerful next week, and Moxley versus Darby Allen will also take next will also take place next week. Well, here comes the AW World Chat Tag Team Champs SCU for the main event match. And SCU is on the mic doing their shtick before we get to the match. Well, we go to a break, and there's a commercial for Conan O'Brien show, which you should watch because he's awesome. <laughs> and then we're back, and here comes Guevara and Jericho with separate entrances. Jake Hager is accompanying Jericho to the ring. Well, there's a 60-minute time limit, but only 12 minutes of TV time remaining. <laughs> so, so all that long, yeah. <sighs> all that long. Well, Kazarian kicks things off with the champion. Jericho raises his arms to show off his old man armpits. Christopher Daniels goes after Hager. He pays for it with Hager tossing Daniels into some chairs on the outside. JR calls Hager swagger and then tries to talk his way out of it. Oops. He goes, he goes oh, God, no, that's not swagger. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. No. Like Jake Hager's got a swagger. Yeah. Well, inside the ring, Sky hits Jericho with Tico, but the champion kicks out. Uh-huh. Jericho misses a drop kick. Sky misses an elbow drop. Jericho's line salt is blocked. Sky goes for the cut again, but it was reversed and then caught into a code breaker. But then Sky managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. He then rolls, rolls Jericho up for the win. And his first ever defeat by Scorpio Sky in AEW. Jericho throws a tantrum outside the ring, swinging a chair at the post and tossing plunder around as the show comes to an end. I thought this was a great uh, episode of AEW. I think they've been really, really enjoyable. For me, the two hours flies by. What were your thoughts on the first episode? Uh, yeah, it was quite entertaining. There was a few slow moments in it, but um, for me, I don't think the women have been given half a chance. I mean, they had seven minutes in a whole two-hour show. I mean, Jericho and MJF's talk went on for longer than the women had. That is actually true. We'll see if they approve in our next episode, November 20th. Well, the show opens with some commentary hyping tonight's festivities. And our first match is Nick Jackson versus Ray Fenix. Well, trading strike, Fenix puts Jackson on the apron, stabilising strikes up to the second, rope walk, Frankensteiner to the floor, back inside, X-Factor spikes Phoenix on his head, Nick heads back to the apron as Ray staggers to his feet, springboard flip pile driver into a folding press, but Ray Phoenix kicks out. Uh-huh. Transition right into the middle of the ring, Phoenix gets the ropes, up kick for separation, back elbow, pass Nick into the corner, but he ducks a manoeuvre, Tombstone clutch reverse into a victory roll. Phoenix nips up and hits a super kick. 
And then Springboard Roland Solbutt sets Nick up. And then Ray Fenix wins by pinfall after a spinning muscle buster. I thought this was a fantastic match. Considering that Nick Jackson hadn't had a singles match for over two years, these two men pulled it out on this one. I think that, yeah, they're quite talented um, wrestlers. Fenix, definitely. I think he's the more talented of uh, the two that was in the match. But Nick Jackson, credit where it's due. Um he he is a good. I think they rely too much on super kicks, though. Well, it's a super kick party, isn't it? You know, so you know that's what it's all about. Um, but post match, Fenix refuses a handshake from Jackson and bails out. So there's still a bit of uh, heat between the two. Up next is a, a match: Doctor Britt Baker, DMD versus Hikaru Shida. Hikaru out to the apron, shoulder thrust blocked, and Britt hits a pendulum DDT for a near fall. Charging forearm, Shida explodes off the ropes with a knee strike. Trading forearms, belly-to-belly suplex. Fireman's carry dropped into a backbreaker, only a near fall. Off the ropes, sliding knee. Baker reverses into rings of Saturn. Lockjaw denied. Brit shifts position. Fisherman neckbreaker for two. Two. Shida with an inside cradle. No dice. Falcon arrow. She did the pinfall. Did not happen. Off the ropes. Hikaru Shida wins by pinfall with a sliding knee. Yeah, and fair play there. Uh, I thought this was quite a strong women's match. We've seen a lot of Britt Baker, but she uh, was defeating this one quite a shock. What were your thoughts on the match? Um, yeah, it was quite a good match. I, I thought Britt Baker would have gone into this one winning it. I think she, uh, I thought she would have been the one that they was pushing, but Hiroku Shida, uh, a very, very good competitor and deserved a victory. Yeah, I think we're out of doubt. And somewhere a man gets his glass knocked off by some passerby before sitting down on a subway train. He sees a self-help video courtesy of the Dark Order encouraging people to join. I've joined the Dark Order. Is that why you're wearing that mask? No, it's because I'm fuck ugly. <laughs> <coughs> well, Hangman Adam Page makes his entrance to send us to the break. And then... Hangman Adam Page versus Billy Gunn versus Chuck Taylor versus Jimmy Havoc versus Joey Janela versus Jungle Boy versus Kip Sabian versus Marco Stunt versus Maxwell Jacob Freeman versus Orange Cassidy versus Pelican Jr. versus Sonny Kiss in the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. Right, well, Christopher Daniels runs interference and Chuck Taylor eliminates Pentagon from the jump. Chaos, Sonny Kiss twerking in front of the arse man. MJF dumps Sonny to the floor to eliminate him. And poor Billy Gunn looks on in shock. Everybody except for Friedman and Cassidy gangs up on Billy. He's eliminating Havoc with a lariat. Well, he dumps Stun after, but Jimmy comes back in with a staple gun and staples the hell out of Gun's midsection. Havoc's going staple crazy and finally referees form the ring to eject him before we go to a break. Back from commercial, the crowd has thinned a little and Sabian gets into it with Billy Gunn. Billy with the right hands for everyone and Orange Cassidy steps to him, hands in his pockets, and MJF dumps him. Maxwell turns and gets into a confrontation with Gunn. Wardlow comes down to save his guy and pays after dumping Billy. Hangman running roughshod. Taylor staggering on the apron and Sabian eliminates him. Well, Jungle Boy eliminates Kip with a Frankensteiner, but wait, MJF was hiding and never eliminated. He jumps Jack Perry and gets even more heat. Well, it is Hangman, Adam Page and MJF winning, advancing to a singles match next week for some nearly eight-carat diamond ring. Yes, so a ring that was made uh, especially for custom this. Custom made ring. Custom yeah, $43, made. $43,000. One of a kind. You know, you never see anything like this. Uh, and I think that's important, you know, uh, that we're going to have that. I really enjoyed this, but we had differing opinions on this. 
didn't we? What were your thoughts on the Battle um, Royale? I thought there was loads of time when people were just sat around doing nothing while, like, you know, two people just wrestling in one corner and the camera's mainly focused on them. I thought it was a bit of a, a ridiculous match, which, um, I don't know, it was just just didn't really evaluate anything for me. Um, you know, you could tell Jeff had gone outside and was hiding because the referees never even mentioned a word about him. They didn't say, oh, was he eliminated? Did this happen? Did that happen? They just stopped talking about him as if he never existed. They Chris Benoit him from the match. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the Battle Royal because I thought it was well done. Billy Gunn coming out got a huge pop, even though it was, to, like you said, to a rip-off DX theme. Um, and I loved the interaction with Orange Cassidy as well. Now, we've had problems with each other over Orange Cassidy, but I'm going to say he's one of the most entertaining things in professional wrestling right now. And the kicks of Billy Gunn probably got one of the biggest reactions of the night as well. And plus the MGF thing of being a, a shit heel like that. It's great that you did something like this because it proves how good he is as a character. And I'm sure that would be a great match when that happens in AEW. And that is your opinion. You're uh, entitled to it. Well, we're informed Chris Jericho has a major announcement. Major, major announcement. announcement. Up next, and we see him and Jake Hager walking backstage when they run into the librarians, and we go to a break. Back from commercial, Chris Jericho makes his entrance. He talks about his conduct not being conductive of Le Champion, so he wanted to come out and apologise. He tries to make an apology, but the words refuse to come out of his mouth, and he asks Big Hurt Jake Hager to say it for him. And to show how... Sorry. He is. He wanted to make a big announcement here tonight. Next week in Chicago, he's finally going to get the thank you he deserves from AEW executives. Perhaps at Time Warner and everybody watching. He's sorry that the celebration is going to be in Chicago because they have a hockey team and two baseball teams making it better than this place we're at here. He's going to have fun and games and prizes and maybe even some clowns. Sorry. <laughs> so that part, I, I watched it the other day. I watched it live. And I noticed something with Jake Hager. And uh, I think this made us both laugh. Like, he comes out and, you know, he's supposed to be Chris Jericho's security guard being all stern-faced. But as the promo segment went on, every time Chris Jericho said something in French, like Le Champion or something, you know, comedic, you see Jake, Jake Hager's smile just growing a little bit more and more <laughs> over time. And, you know, I was just actually wondering when he was actually going to break down and start laughing. <laughs> yeah. But he managed to hold it in fair play to that. No, it was fair play. And then enter SCU. And Scorpio Sky gets in the mic and says it takes a ran, a power grown of virtue to apologise when he's done nothing wrong. The Jerko's all of that and more. But he forgot to mention why he threw that tantrum last week. Not only did SCU defend the titles, Scorpio pinned YTJ and gave him his first loss. Sky talks about how happy the win made him, and Chris says he thinks he's cute than Baby Yoda, and that Sky thinks he can beat him, but he's a tag specialist, and he can't do it again in singles. Well, Y2J says he's going to give Scorpio a singles match next week. Kazarian tells Sky to make sure it's non-title, and Scorpio says he doesn't deserve a title match. Jericho agrees and ends up working himself into making it a title match. He shakes Sky's hands and it's official. Sky says Jericho might not think he's had a chance, but maybe he's been waiting 15 years for this opportunity and he's going to turn Le Champion into Le Bitch. Well, we got a brawl on Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara hit the ring and turned it into a mugging. They handcuff Daniels and Kazarian to the ropes. Jesus effects on Scorpio. Jungle Boy makes a save but gets wiped out in turn. Luchasaurus is here and Jericho bails. Luchasaurus and Hager square up, but Jake 
bales. He is scared of Luchasaurus. Well, the whole inner circle bail and we go to a break. Well, back from commercial and Peter Avalon is in the ring for a match. Yes, he is. You one of your favourites. Well, he cuts a promo. How about how he's going to turn Luchasaurus into motor oil? And then Luchasaurus versus pretty Peter Avalon. A kick. And Luchasaurus wins by pinfall with a tombstone. Buster. Yeah, so we move on to our next match. Private party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn versus Proud and Powerful, Ortiz and Santana. This is a Matt Travis memorial match. Well, it is Santana and Cassidy to start. The EYFBO man backs him into the corner. Santana with a waist lock takedown, drawing at a sire, and we go to a break. Well, Quinn's back gives out on a silly string attempt. Cassidy spring balls in. Aga with a Liger bomb into a roundhouse from Santana. Sib kicks out of a hanging but Isaiah Cassidy refuses to stay down. Quinn gets inside and then wins with a gin and juice on Santana. Fucking ridiculous name. Silly string and gin and juice. I liked it. There was a couple of... There was a botch in this match as well, though, which I think, um, you know, caused a bit of problems. <coughs> yeah, so I'm going to go into that bit because I like botches. Uh, well, basically what happened was um, there was a pinfall. I think it was on one of the private party guys. Yeah. Uh, one of the... Um, Ortiz or Santana. Ortiz or Santana. I can't remember which one. But the referee was counting one, two, and then stops. Looks round, but the camera position... like He looks round as if someone grabbed his ankle, but the camera position shows that no one grabbed his ankle. Um, and then the referee stops the count. We've seen this happen before in AW. It is really unacceptable, whether they weren't in the spot at the right time or whether the referees made a fuck-up or whatever. It's... Uh, Shouldn't be around in wrestling nowadays. I would have to agree with you there. Post-match, Sammy Guevara attacks Nick Jackson at ringside, but Dustin Rhodes is here to take Proud and Powerful out. He wipes Guevara out for good, for good measure. And commentary hypes up next week's show. We toss to a Kenny Amida, Amiga video package where he talks about not being a hardcore guy and having lost sight of who he is. He traces it all back to losing to Pac, and now he's got a chance at revenge next week. And so we go to a break. <laughs> well, back for commercial in time for the entrances. Well, Alan is waiting on Moxley in the aisle during the entrances over the barricade and brawling in the crowd. John with a back suplex over barricade. Darby lands on his feet and leaps over the barricade into grounded punches. Fireman's carry. Mox dumps him over the barricade to the floor. Overhead belly-to-belly suplex on the floor as well. And Darby Allen, well, <laughs> back inside the match finally begins. Moxley's fired up, underhooks, but Darby lands on his feet onto the paradigm shift, posting, John, cover, nope, Yoshi Tonic, still no, headed up top, coughing drop, caught into a sleeper hole, but Allen reverses into a pin for two, two, charging in, Mox with the back elbow, up to the second, Darby climbs to join in, working the hand, Mox bites him to counter, underhooks, and then Moxley wins by a uh, with an avalanche paradigm shift. Yeah, and then Mox celebrates to end the show this off second row. I thought Darby Allen brought it in that match. I think these two men clicked, didn't they? Would you agree with that? Yeah, again, you know, Darby Allen, I don't like his name, but what he's about and his wrestling ability is actually very good. Um, and John Moxley, he's kind of, you know, proving to be a man that's very hard to beat. Yeah, I would completely agree with you there. Um but we'll talk about uh, ratings for uh, AEW. And, of course, uh, it's pro wrestling, so there is a swerve. 
Yes, well, the lovable underdogs known as WWE and NXT finally got one in the win column after seven straight weeks of losing to AEW Dynamite NXT on USA won the night in terms of total viewership. Yeah, NXT brought in 916,000 viewers, well, compared to AEW's 893,000. The catch is Dynamite still beat NXT on USA in the all-important 18- to 49-year-old demographic at 39-30 to a 30 clip. Well, in seven out of eight demographics, Dynamite bested NXT with a lone holdout coming in people 50 years and older. Overall, Dynamite fell to eighth place on Wednesday night, while NXT rose back to 14th place in people 18 to 49. And of course, we've caught up with AEW and we'll catch up with NXT update in a little bit, but we've had some horrible news. Please, God, no. Well, it's reported that WWE Superstar. I'm going to put my sorry. I'm going to put on my serious voice serious for this. Voice here. Come on. It is superstar Only Larkin has requested his release last month, although unlike others before him, he did not make it public. Like a true guy. A Larkin who used to wrestle as Biff Busick on the independent scene changed his social media handles to reflect his old wrestling name. He's also now selling his merchandise on ProWrestlingTees.com. The 33-year-old has mainly wrestled on 205 Live, NXT and NXT UK and is known for his hilarious Twitter feed Absolute amazing skill wrestling as an all-round guy. Um, he signed a WWE deal in 2015, but despite his strong presence on the independent scene, he was never given the opportunity to shine in WWE. No, I mean, he made... He was given, like, you know, chicken shit and turned it into chicken salad when it came to uh, the team with Danny Burch, and they still didn't do anything with it. You know, it's a real shame that someone like Only Lorcan has to feel like he has to leave to gain success, but he will have a lot of success elsewhere, won't he, you know? Absolutely, yeah. He's a very talented guy. He he deserves the best, and, you know, I'd make him WWE champion. <laughs> Beat Brock Lesnar. Maybe. And Danny Burch is universal champion. Oh, the fucking hell. Have that, double champs. <laughs> I would take that. Um like I say, it's a it's a, it's an interesting time, isn't it? People aren't happy in WWE. Uh, we have news on a couple of more people asking for releases tomorrow. Uh, but it's interesting times. So should we cheer everybody up after that horrific news of Only Lorkin? Shall we play an old classic game, Dan? <sighs> have yes, you I got the biscuits? Uh, no, not not that, not that game. It's all that game we have played since near enough the very beginning. Oh, I know what you want, James. You want a game of classic elephant <laughs> or F1. Yes, yes, I do. So, David, please explain what the game is to everybody. Well, I'll make a noise with my mouth. It either sounds like an elephant or an F1 car because, as everyone knows, they both sound similar. It is down to James and you at home to guess which one it is. So that's, that's simple enough. We've been playing it for a very long time. So, Dan, please, if you're first one. <laughs> now, that is a hard one. That's what she said. So is the noise. Uh, right. So I'm going to say the first one right up is F1 car. It was indeed <laughs> an F1 car. Booyaka shit. And of course, if I get through three, I get a bonus point as well. Okay, yeah, I'll let you have that. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's see. 
You're going to fuck me now, aren't you? I can guarantee the listeners at home that James will not get three out of three. <laughs> and that is not a prediction, James. That is a spoiler. <gasps> Elephant. It was an F1 car oh, coming out the no! pit lane. That was an elephant. Please, can I re-hear that one? <laughs> that was... um. It was coming out the pit lane, James. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Told you. <laughs> you told me I wouldn't get it. <laughs> well, last one. <sighs> Can't get a perfect score now, but I can say face. I am going to say elephant. It was an elephant. Your face is saved. <laughs> James wins yet again. I mean, that's great. I love playing elephant or F1. Just like to thank my family and mum and dad for making everything possible. And uh, it's a true pleasure. And, of course, we always like to do games and stuff like that. One thing we haven't done is uh, Baszler or Dumba. I promise you we'll bring it up for the uh, very next takeover that we do. Speaking of old takeovers as well, we had, you know, we love to uh, masturbate, Dan, don't we, on the podcast? We are you know? huge masturbators. We are massive masturbators. I mean, one thing I can do better than anybody is is have a, a proper masturbate. And one of these ones that we actually couldn't settle uh, last time at TakeOver was the question, what was the best NXT? And Dan, what was your pick for your greatest NXT time? What year was the best time for NXT? 2012. And why 2012? Um, because it's brought the the most world champions to the main roster from uh, pretty much any other NXT division, and it was probably one of the most successful times, bringing us a lot of great wrestlers. And I said 2017, just in the fact you had so many great champions, Bobby Roode, Nakamura, uh, Drew McIntyre, and Oscar and everybody else in and The results, results are in. And the WL podcast and the fans... We released a poll on Twitter. It's not the greatest reaction, but we'll try again. Uh, We'll see what happens. The results are in, and they've gone for NXT in 2017. They've gone 2017. They're all wrong. All you listeners are wrong. No, you can't say that. They've gone 2017, so that's what our masturbate is. But basically, we get a subject each and argue, uh, and if we can't decide, put it to the public vote. Fair enough. So we've got three subjects on this masturbate here. Uh, and we'll start off. Dan, do you want to pick one of the first subjects to start? Well, we've got NXT one hour or two. I'm going to go with NXT for two hours. You think NXT is better with two hours? Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to say NXT one hour then. All right, start us off with why you think two hours for NXT product is better. Well, I think with NXT, if you've got something good, you've got to run with it. It's... um. You know, their roster's big enough to warrant two hours. I know beforehand it was it was okay. You know, you'd have one week focusing on this, you'd have one week focusing on the women's, you'd have one week focusing on tag team divisions. And that, you know, that went all right, I suppose. But now you've got more time to build more of a storyline. Um, you know, you've got the likes of Finn Balor coming back to it, which, you know, he needs storylines. You've got Matt Riddle. You know, you've got so much talent in the NXT roster that it does warrant having two hours' worth of time. And, you know, now it's got to go up against All Elite Wrestling in the same slot at the same time as well. You know, it needs to be matching it time for time because if you go back in the day when you had WCW was going for three hours and Raw was going for two hours in the Monday Night Wars 
um, you know, if you was going to start off watching one early, then you'd kind of stick with it just out of habit as opposed to switching over after the hour. So, you know, having matching is the thing that makes best sense for NXT. I completely disagree with everything you've just said. Uh, Our favourite times, right, were web NXT, how easy it was, right, and how accessible on the network being available straight away for an hour. Because like you said, you you just said it yourself, the women's, the men's, the tag team all had a chance to breathe and build to take over rather than being just all thrown together to make two hours worth. And I feel with when it was an hour, how good it was for NXT to, to do that. It's kind of taken away from the product. And I think takeover feels a bit less because of the fact that it's been two hours and you've been building survival suits up at the same time. It's just too much. With an hour, nothing else was missed. We still had all the great stuff that we had, and it was still available. And, and you know, it didn't need to be two hours. And then when you think about how much time you've got in the week to watch wrestling, you talk about AEW, two hours. Raw, SmackDown's two hours. And then you're going to add an extra hour to NXT as well. And then you're going to try and get through that. Do you watch NXT in its entirety every week? Absolutely, without fail. Oh, you fucking lie. I know you are. Lie. And that's why. Because with an hour, you'd be able to get it in. But with two, you just think too much. And you don't need two hours. Isn't two hours worth of stuff? Doesn't happen on it. An hour was more than enough. Yeah, but this is all about competing with All Elite. And All Elite is two hours. How are you going to go head-to-head with that? But the two hours not work. The Cruiserweight division's not work for it, has it? No. No. Well, you know, you've got Leo Rush as champion. That's why it's not working. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. Not Leo well, that's Rush. a completely different story. But this is the thing that you've got, you know, and you've got, even though AEW's two hours, NXT has been an hour on the network and then they just change it up. It doesn't make any sense. And to have the matches involved, I, I, I really prefer an hour over two. Are you telling me you'd rather have two hours of NXT than an hour? Forget about AEW competing. As a program, as a product, what would you rather enjoy? Having the hour that you used to love or the two hours that you have to slog through? Well, me personally, and I know you do exactly the same. You check the results for Roy, you check the results for SmackDown, and you watch All Elite and you watch NXT. So that is four hours worth of telly viewing time you've got to get through in a week. And you rarely watch AEW as well. So, you know, I think the thing you most really, really, religiously stick to is All Elite, uh, is a, uh, NXT. So, you know, that going out said it's two weeks. Uh, two two hours of a week that you're watching wrestling for. Yeah, but sometimes you haven't even got time for two hours. I was saying sometimes it can be too much, and I think therein lies the problem. I think if has NXT product got better or worse since it changed to two hours? I think it's got better because it's showcasing more of its talent. It's showcasing more wrestlers because you have the breakout tournament. You know, it, it kind of introduces us to a few other characters as well which they certainly need time to breathe as opposed to wrestling on dark matches or on NXT live shows. And yeah, I might have to agree with you with that one because I just I think I fucked myself then. I think if you have, you know, you look at NXT since it's changed to, it has got better, hasn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't think NXT is as good as it has been, you know, in years. Again, 2017 is the best year now. We've got confirmation. But I feel two hours might be a slight improvement. But I think people might get sick of the product. Don't get me six months we have another conversation about this. I think people might have enough of NXT. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, next goes with big four events or without. It's kind of in the same vein, really, isn't it, you know? It is indeed. Yeah, I'll let you uh, pick your... I would say yes, I'd rather have them with big four events. Elaborate. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, 
I feel if you're paying money to go to see a wrestling event, you deserve to see the best product available. And I think people have been very lucky these past few years with WrestleMania weekend and other weekends to be able to have, just WrestleMania, for example, the Hall of Fame, NXT TakeOver, the, the pay-per-view itself, and then Raw and SmackDown, you know, either side as it was. I think that's a good show. When you take NXT TakeOver away, I think it's going to take away some of the hardcore fans that go to see the show and go to watch it in an event. And I think some TakeOver gets big, bigger and better because it's competing with the main roster at the same time to put on a better show. And that's why takeovers haven't let us down yet. I think when you look at takeovers that haven't been associated with that, when they've been individual shows, they haven't been as good as the ones with the big four events. I think you're wrong. (laughs) I think NXT is a big enough brand to be able to do things on its own. Maybe, you know, you could chuck in a few NXT UK matches, but I think having it as its standalone event, it would kind of make NXT feel like a better brand as a part of being kind of like a warm-up show to WrestleMania, to Survivor Series. I mean, you know, if you look at tonight, we've got NXT War Games going on, and now Adam Cole and co. have got to come out of that unscathed to be able to fight the next night going in a triple threat match. You know, they've got two huge matches coming up. If something happens to, say, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, and he gets her, he's going to still have to try and fill in a slot at Survivor Series. So, you know, he's going to cover from that. It's NXT is huge. It's big enough to be able to have one in between. I'd say take out three or four of the WWE events and have them in between in the months or have them, you know, on alternating weeks or something like that. But I have to think therein lies the problem. They won't. And then you'll have a case in February or January, uh, in February time, if they're going to have like another takeover, like you're saying, then you're going to have a two-week period of every takeover. And then with the Crown Jewel events, you, there's some months you might have three events like this, and then it will become less special. At least with one weekend, you can get excited for the weekend like we do with the live shows, and you can fully invest. If it's just cut and change, it takes it away. And I find NXT... Takeover events haven't been as good individually. Like, if you look at the main events, they haven't been as great as the ones together. But I've done live weekends with you before, James, and after a while, it does get a bit monotonous because we're going to have to, because we've sat through a Friday night wrestling, we sat through Saturday night wrestling, and then we've got to sit through Sunday night wrestling, as well as kind of like, you know, we're going to have to have the Monday off to kind of recover from work. And, you know, it is like, it's like, fucking hell, can I get some sleep? Especially over here, where the pay-per-view events go on till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, WrestleMania, it's on till, what, 5, 6 yeah, in the morning? Yeah, it gets light outside. And by the it? time <laughs> you kind of finish watching it and you get into bed, it's like 7 o'clock in the morning, you spend the next day sleeping, and then you've got to kind of catch up on sleep. Well, it, whereas if you can do it just for one only, it takes away from, like, the headache of I, I think too much wrestling. In that case, in a personal preference... A Saturday night works a whole lot better than a Sunday night, obviously, because like I said, with work and, and stuff like this. But I feel like the show itself is is it's it's not. I think if you look at individual shows on a, on a basis of where they were, they're associated with the big four events as opposed to the ones that, like NXT Brooklyn. The thing that made that so special was the same, same arena as SummerSlam the night four. Your takeover events went from a small thing to a sold out show. 
off the back of, you know, being with SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver, you know, Brooklyn Four, you know, four events from that took place there. And as we said, and I think that's why Big Four works better than on its own. Oh, I do agree with your point, having it all, because it does bring possibly more rise to the NXT product if someone's coming in. Like, you know, my cousin, he jetted over from England. He went over there. He went he watched, you know, the... NXT TakeOver event, the Saturday. He was there for the Sunday. He was there for the mm. War on Monday as well and the SmackDown on Tuesday when it was on Tuesday. And, you know, he, he made a, a holiday out of it. We, you know, it is good for that side of things, but watching it on telly, I think it makes it a bit difficult. Yeah, but I think with the money spent as well, I mean, less people will be going to TakeOvers. But I think because of that fact as well, you know, uh, I, I still, and I think Saint will be taken away was dotted in between these shows now i've just got a horrible feeling so in my eyes i don't agree so which way are you going to go then you can um, i agree with you, you agree with me yeah, yeah i think takeovers with the big four events it does make it seem a lot more bigger yeah i, I mean we didn't even get to the argument that we're going to have a wells collide instead which i don't give a shit about do you know <laughs> what i mean like that, that's what we're saying Put the NXT UK events there and at least have something that's meaning. And then on Saturday night, we can actually have it at all time. You can even have the Hall of Fame ceremony in America afterwards. And I think why they've got NXT on SmackDown tomorrow night is because you've got the Clash of Champions or the Night of Champions or whatever it's yeah. now. So, you know, that kind of it's Champions versus Champions. So having Survivor Series, I think it should have been like a three-way Survivor Series or even a four-way, like NXT UK have a team, Raw, SmackDown and NXT have a team, and then it's like a four-way yeah. elimination match like that, but just our opinions on it. I should say, actually, 205 Live episode was cancelled um, on the network last night, so no one knows the future of that at the moment. They've already recorded the NXT Cruiserweight division, haven't they? So Well, people have been saying that Two Hundred Five Live has asked for its release from WWE. <laughs> uh, 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 best line of the night. All right, one well, last mass debate. We still got our last NXT update, and of course, we're going to run through the card. And let's not forget, an hour and ten minutes, under an hour and ten minutes to the next takeover. The um, build-up on the network starts at half eleven. We hope to be. We might be finished by then, we might not. We don't know what's going on. We're enjoying ourselves at the moment. So we're going to move on to one last men's... Uh, men's. We're going to move on to one last masturbate. It's the men's versus women's division in NXT. Dan, I'm going to let you pick this one. I am going to go for the men's. And you picked incorrectly, it's the women's. Why is it the men's? <laughs> It is the men's, you know, and I don't want to take anything away from women. I don't want to sound like I'm being sexist. sexist. And the women's division has certainly improved. But the men's has been constantly strong. You know, with the likes of the Undisputed Era, they are completely running the show. They are dominating things. They're making promises and cashing in on them. You've had, you know, the resurgence of Pete Dunne coming back to NXT US, and he's certainly going to make a name for himself after dropping the title to Walter. You've got Velveteen Dream, who's waiting for a return. You've got Tommaso Ciampa, the original puppet master. You have got Johnny Gagano. I mean, he is the heart and soul of NXT. And, you know, not even including the tag teams that you've got through there as well. The best thing on NXT in these past couple of months has been the women's division. It is Sean. Even with Shania Baszler as women's champion. Who you hate. Who I hate. 
even though I hate the division is nearly as strong as it's ever been, when you talk about the influx of, of influx of talent in, even from NXT UK with like KD Ray involved, and now you've got um, I've completely that's how that's how well known she is. Ray uh, Ripley. Ripley, of course it's Ray Ripley. Uh, thanks for holding up the sign. And you can just see, even like with Dakota Kai, Bianca Belair involved, Candice LeRae, Io Shai is doing the best work of the WWE career as the kind of heel. The, the ladder match that we had on last week's episode of NXT was incredible action. And I dare you, if there's a better men's ladder match this year as well. We're getting all of that and we're getting the War Games match. They're getting treated equally. And, and that's why the women's division is much stronger. The men's division is the same. You take the Undisputed Era out, you've got nothing apart from the Gagana Chompa storyline that you've had for five years and the uh, Matt Riddle bro. So we're going to... How, how far back is this argument going to? Is it for the year? Is it for the last week? For the last I two weeks? I think we'd, we'd say that this year, what's been the better division in well, NXT? Well, this year, you know, we, we have a look back through the NXT cards. I mean, you know, you go to NXT New York... Um, what was your like for the women's matches? I mean, I loved it. Baszler was fantastic when it comes to that. I'm just talking about in in general when you're just watching a program, the matches in themselves. Nymph, Nymph has become a star just in her name. You know, there is some great talent going around in the women's division compared to the men's. Okay, name me five men who could be NXT champion, and I'll name you fifty that could be women. Right, you've got, be women, but you've got Dream, yeah. you've got Riddle, yeah. you've got Dunn, yeah. you've got Gagano, you've got Chompa, yeah. you've got Roderick Strong. We see you're going to count the Undisputed Era. So that's five on five. That's the main event for Survivor Series, basically. That's what yeah, you count. No, so that that's is nothing, is it? Survival champion. How many, how many women could be competing on the show here tonight? That's how in-depth the NXT women's roster is in that way as well. It's as strong as it is. Well, no, because, you know, you look back, NXT 25, you know, the 25th celebration of it, the worst match on the card, Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler. Was it or was it not? It you, was indeed. But i tell you what, not just a year, if we look at NXT as a whole, the women's division is out before the men's division anyway. One Nine point, times out of Oscar, ten. Oscar. That is one person. <laughs> yeah, who was champion. For 560 days, Ember Moon, the four horsewomen, you know, all this talent came through and changed yeah, We're history. talking about this year, James. I don't know talking about this. We're looking at this year. We had Io Shai, you know, who's been phenomenal since doing it. Candice Ray, fantastic match that these two had at a takeover. Look at our rating for that the last time round. That was a great match, you know. The women's division is delivering. We just get the same thing with the men's division. I okay. it up a little Who are the worst in the division? And I defy you to say anyone else apart from Jezzamine Juice and Marina Shafir. You prick. <laughs> Tell me anyone who is worse than them on the men's division, and I will let you have this debate, James, and it will be yours. Uh, all right, all right. So in NXT, men's division, worse. Oh, either who knows on AEW. We got Matt Riddle's character in itself, but I'll think, I'll think of a worse wrestler in a minute. Um, what about that Cameron Grimes? He's great. <laughs> he's not great. He's awesome. He's, he's uh, well, he's done with him, huh? Um, uh, do you know, I don't like that because that's not because they are shit. But NXT is the developmental league, and that's what it's meant to be doing: teaching the shit ones 
to be good. You don't really see how long have they been in the developmental league and they've not even made it. <laughs> right, Shayna Basler, yeah? Their mentor is a team captain and she hasn't even picked them useless fucks. <laughs> All right, right. How no. bad must it be? Your dad was running your football team and he picked you starting every match. Yes. See, and you was terrible yes. and you weren't as bad as they are. No, I would... I, I hate to admit when you're right, um, but I mean that's that's a pretty clear point. Isn't it? All right, I've, the men's, but you've got to admit the women's division is is on a level with the men's now when it comes to that. They do certainly have their moments, and they, you know, with the influx of Rhea Ripley, you've got the likes of Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, all on the War Games team. I think they're great, as well as you know the. Uh, it, uh, Shane Basler's team as well. Io Shirai, Belair, Kaylee Ray, they've had to bring her in from NXT UK because they want to use Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. Yeah, no, that, that's that's true. Uh, so I'll give you that, Dan. You win this live mass debate. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> what can I say? You win some, you lose some. I won Elephant or F1 and uh, you won mass debate. Uh, so let's catch up with the last episode of NXT and Dan, when did the last episode of NXT start? Now! So the second part of NXT update, and it's November 20th. Rillian Regal is standing by the door, Triple H left open with a couple of guards, and the man comes around. The G- Mauro Ronaldo and the Full Sail crowd get loud for Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch's arrival. Well, she's got the mic and is dressed for a scrap. She gives the crowd a minute to figure out if they're chanting Becky or NXT. Then say it's been a while since she walked the ramp, sat in the corner of defeat while they sang a song and kicked someone's ass here live. But we won't have to wait. Or on SmackDown, Bailey's crying about being held back with her old lady haircut. Bailey cut all her Bailey buddies except the blue-haired one holding her back. It's not Lynch's fault. Bailey is a champ, while she is the champ. Shayna Baszler showed up on Raw a couple of weeks ago to introduce herself. This brings Shayna's gonna kill you child she acknowledges as interesting. She invites Baszler to show up and she can bring Mary and Jessica. What is Shayna gonna do about it? Mike drop and entrance music. But it's not the Queen of Spades, it's Rhea Ripley. Well, they smile at each other to a small Rhea's gonna kill you chant. And Ripley says, so you're the man. Let's see if you have a set of balls. And it looks like this. Is the match. Yes, and it is Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch. Lynch backs Rhea into the corner, then kicks the man, heads to the apron, but Ripley gets her on the shoulders and swings her face first into the edge of the ring. She talks a little smack as we split the screen for commercials. It's all mosh pit kid while the ads play. And the Aussie does a lot of trash talking while working the heat. Well, Disarmer locked in, but Rhea rolls over and gets to the rope. She lifts Lynch in a powerbomb, but Becky transitions that into a head scissors takeover. The man up top, but Ripley catches her and hits a superplex. Both women down, and here comes the, the three and four horsewomen and the bell. Yeah, so Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley ends in a no contest. Well, they're running unsuccessful as Lynch and Ripley fight off Shania, Jessica and Mary. Well, we see the top guys arrive for their match later on. The security also escorts them into the building. Takes us into another break, and then a Kaylee Ray hype video brings us back. And now it's going to be Connor Reeves versus Matt Riddle, but no, Connor was blasted by the one and only while entering. And it's going to be Ricochet Dan, one of your favourites. And he and the original bro size each other up and call for the bell. And it's all Ricochet at first. She sends Riddle to the outside and then follows with a dive. 
Back in Ricochet wants to stand in SSP, but he jumps right into a triangle submission. He gets free, but Riddle keeps his foot on the gas, getting a near fall after a Broton. Oh, my fucking days. Well, it's not that Ricochet gets back in control and gets two. Two! Of his own after hitting a standing SSP. He climbs up and launches a Phoenix Splash, but Riddle evades. Back up for strikers, and Bro hits a final flash, then a Berman. Both men are down as Cesaro and Shinzuki fucking Nakamura hit the ring. They fight him off, but Riddle reverse a roll-up on Ricochet in the confusion. Yeah, and Matt Riddle defeated Ricochet Dan, one of your favourites, losing to one of your very worst. Do you think that's good booking by WWE and NXT? Well, they continue to brawl after the bell. <laughs> I suppose you're, <laughs> you're well, not happy. You know, it's, Ricochet doesn't need to win. Well, they continue to brawl after the bell, and Rick gets the better of Cesaro and hits a huge dive for the apron over the barricade. Shinsuke and Riddle fight out in the ring, and Naka has the upper hand with a high knee. Illusional Bro regroups in his battle. He attacks Riddle, and they brawl, but Riddle hits a throat strike that sends Finn to the outside to end the segment. Well, we take a breath as Maro, Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix catch up on what's happened and remind ourselves now a number one contender triple threat at TakeOver. That gets a hype video and then we see Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly warming up as Adam Cole looks on. After commercial, it's a rundown of serious matches that feature NXT talent, or at least the ones where we know where the NXT talent are. And then it's tag dream match time. It is. Hold on to your pantaloons, James, because it is the Revival versus the Undisputed Era. Well, Scott Dawson and Kyle O'Reilly start. Kyle piles Dawson into the corner on the lockup. But the top guy rolls out, and this leaves O'Reilly and Bobby Fish on the chase. We end up with a four-man standoff. Fish and Dash roll to do something similar. All four men brawl when Cole sits top rope. Both men crash to the floor as we take a commercial break. The Revival try for DIYs meet in the middle, and Kyle O'Reilly sacrifices himself to save the partner, the legal man, and things break down. Shatter machine, but O'Reilly puts Dawson out while he's covering. He blasts Wilder with a knee onto the floor. Gets back for a tag and hits the knee off the top rope into the back of Dawson. One, two, no, kick out. Uh-huh. Another near four for striking combo at end of an axe kick. The era try for a double-team finisher, but Dawson fights free. He looks for his partner, but Wilder's still struggling to get to his feet on the floor. Dawson tells him to fuck off, then takes the high-low kicks, and Kyle O'Reilly covers for the victory. A plus match between these two tag teams. I mean, it was a really fucking well worked match. Yeah, we we are two of the best tag teams that we haven't had in NXT for a very long time. Rival did it for quite a while. Of course, the undisputed era as well. And like I said, it's top notch tag team wrestling. It's WWE and NXT showing that they can do what AEW can. Well, we see highlights, and then there are sh- uh, then are shown what's happening outside, where Viking Raiders are drawing with the Forgotten Sons, I think. A badass poppy soundtrack video package for the women's war games follows a break. And next up is a match between two women who factored in the end of last week's ladder match, one of whom is in that war games match. And it is Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai. Well, the UK women's champ targets Dakota's knee and talks trash, then corners Kai with a chop and more knee work. Dakota gets free, and when Ray follows, nails a standing double stomp. Lair and kick combo follow, but ends up getting sent to the floor. Out there, Dakota whips Kaylee into the steps, big boot to the face, and then back in. Well, another bicycle kick in the ring before Kai can follow up in, a, any, in any meaningful way. Ray hits the gory bomb. So Kaylee Ray defeats Dakota Kai. 
Carmella are after the bell, and then Team Smackdown attack. NXT women run in, and the Team Raw is there somehow. Carly Sane hits the insane elbow on Tegan Knox. Then there's a stare down with Rio Shai. For if it could come out, stare down reunion. Nikki Cross tearing everyone up with a garbage can lid on the ramp distracts. Well, she clears the ring and then stands tall to end the segment. We see Tommaso Ciampa and Keith Lee in the locker room watching Dominic Dijakovic warming up for the ladder match. We're then our next match, Kim Raiders experience versus the Forgotten Sons and the crowd does the war chant to start. Yes, well, Eric is toe-to-toe with Blake when we return and gets the tag for Ivor to clean house again. Quick tags and tandem manoeuvres are the name of the game for the Raw champs. Riker leaves Eric to slow the big guy's roll. Cutler hits a Death Valley driver off the apron. The referee throws Riker out and Ivar takes him out of a suicide dive. Cutler rolls up Eric but gets hit with big knee stri- with a big knee strike. Blake gets in and takes everyone out, leaving all four men down. They get up and all three men do cartwheels away from several shots. Handspring double back elbow to tag Eric and the Viking experience ends it. We get an Adam Cole video package as we're reminded about his survival series total defence against the winner of Saturday's triple threat. We run down the history of NXT's version of War Games, and the announcers run down the two War Games that take over and the rest of Saturday's card. So we're on to the main event, and it is Dominic Dijakovic versus Adam Cole. Well, the entries for the ladder match start at 9.50 Eastern, so this will be quicker than the women's one last week. Bell rings, and it looks like Adam Cole on the attack straight away. So will we see the Hills win again to get the advantage at War Games? I mean, I don't want to say it's pretty much a formality, but... With WWE stars being around tonight on NXT, it's been a very interesting night. Djakovic managing to withstand Cole's early strikes. Oh, he certainly has got the size advantage. He's at least six inches taller than Adam Cole. At least ten inches taller. And he's uh, definitely got a different offense as well. I mean, his matches with Keith Lee has brought him into the limelight and he's stayed there ever since. And credit to him as a big man now going to go outside. He's looking underneath the ring. <coughs> well, there's a ladder already out there, but it might be looking for another one. I don't think he saw the one behind him. You don't? I, well, he's got the ladder set up now. Well, goes to put it into the ring, but Adam Cole with a baseball set up the ladder and Dijakovic. Or Big Dom. And now Cole chucking the ladder in. And it's the champ wants to get victory. I think he wants to get this one over and done as quickly as he can, so he's as fresh as he could be for the weekend. But Dijakovic with a spinning pump kick takes Adam Cole and the ladder out and just slams it to the midsection of Cole. So do you think two ladder matches in a row on NXT is a bit of lazy booking or, you know, could they change it a little bit? I don't know. I think it's it's a good way of doing it. You know, it's um, if they would have done one ladder match, it would have been for the men's one. And I think, you know, having one for the is kind of keeping it all in fairness to say, you know, we've, we've seen them both as the same, you know, not one's gets preference over the other one. So, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. No, that's fair players. Both men now struggling to get up the ladder, blocking each other. And it's weird, Adam Cole. I know we had um, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish earlier, but it seems that the team captain is taken into his stride and he's got a huge weekend to come. Absolutely, a very busy one as well, but Cole's rolling out the ring, he dragging... Might. Dominic to the corner and just wrapping his knee around the ring post. Well, he managed to get a super kick onto that leg. Just wrapping it round three times. And the heart advantage won't matter for anything if he's uh, down on the mat. I've still got to get used to these ab breaks in NXT as well. <laughs> oh, no. As we're back and there's three ladders set up in the ring now. One set up on the, once in one corner, one in the other. And it looks like an even bigger ladder in the middle. 
It's why I don't like a ladder match sometimes. I mean, you could just climb the ladder and get the briefcase, but instead he's wasting time sent up for a spot we know is going to happen in a little while. As now Djokovic has got... Cole's going to try and choke slam him. He's going around the throat. He's going to try and lift him up, but Cole's fighting out. Managed to avoid the uh, the spot that we know is coming, for now at least. Oh, Djokovic there uh, with a spinning back elbow. And now he's got Adam Cole set up on the other ladder that's set up in the corner. Looking for another spot that we know is coming. But Cole reverses it into a shoulder breaker. Well, that is impressive for Cole showing that he's got a bit of power to dumb up. Ushigaroshi! When did they start telling everything Japanese? I thought it was a shoulder breaker. I thought it was an Ushigaroshi. It's not a suicide dive, it's a Tope suicida. That's uh, a Japanese ladder. That's good, isn't it? No, Cole fighting off with everything he's got. Coming blows to the side of the neck. But I don't think that's going to do anything oh! as Cole gets choke slammed into the ladder. Well, Cole might not be able to compete at Wargame, let alone Survivor Series. Mamma mia, Dan. Don't look at me now. Fuck it. And now can Dijakovic get up that ladder? Well, Cole's desperately clutching at the ankle, stopping Dijakovic from getting the ladder. Well, that just shows you how double tough Adam Cole is. I think he only needs to go up one or two rungs just to get his hands on the briefcase anyway. Oh, my God. Got Cole up in the torture rack, who's trying his best to fight out. Manages to steer Dijakovic towards the ladder so he can get both feet on it. But gets caught. Oh, my Panama goodness. City Sunrise, or whatever it is. Panama City. My word, Cole off the top there, just planting Dijakovic. That's got to be it, surely. Don't call me Shirley. But Dijakovic has gone out of the ring. Adam Cole is left sat there in the ring on his own. All he needs to do is to get to his ladder, or get to his feet, towards the ladder, climb the ladder, hands on the briefcase, unhook the briefcase, and celebrate with it. And the undisputed era will be have the advantage at war games and Cole's going up. Ambling towards it as quickly as he can. Dojakovic looks to be getting up back into the ring. Oh, but no. Punches Adam Cole on the butt cheek. Well, each man's just showing how double tough they are. As Dojakovic has got him on the big knee from the torture rack. Plants Adam Cole and he hurt his own knee on Adam Cole's face. Well, Cole <coughs> targeted that leg earlier and might come back to haunt. Djakovic, he's struggling now. I'm sorry, but there is no way I would climb that side if the ladder was set up there. Absolutely not. He is setting himself up for a fall here in both ways as he goes up now, just hopping up. One-legged man, but he's got a bit of height advantage, so he might have to go as far up as Cole will. Well, fingertips away. I think he just needs to go up one more rung, but Adam Cole's recovered. Climb the opposite side. Cole's both men jostling over the briefcase. Cole's All got this just to start the war games. <laughs> Hits Dijakovic into the ladder. Well, fingertips away. Crashing through. Cole's got the briefcase. And the Hills get the advantage yet again in war games. I mean, that was a good, it was as good as the women's match last week. Though. It, even though you had that accidental um, broken nose incident that kind of slowed the middle of the match, I still don't think it took away from the match too much. This one, it was... I don't know, it was a good match, but it wasn't as good as the women's. No, but you, the, the kind of spots that were set there, you knew what was going to happen with Adam in that position, Adam in that position as well. Um, but again, Adam Cole just showing what he can do, and uh, Joe Djokovic is an impressive man, and, it, and like I said, fair play to him in a, in a good match. Well, it is, you know, one thing you can take away from this ladder match is Adam Cole managed to do it on his own. Without a doubt, and it shows he's not just the NXT champ, he can do what he wants. On his own. Boom. 
Shelly success and here come the undisputed era to celebrate. Handsome Carl O'Reilly, Roddy Strong and Bobby Fish. Of course, the undisputed era all draped in gold, but wait oh, a minute. Ho, 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 ho. We've got Nakamura. We've got a revival. And we've got... <laughs> oh, wait a minute. And Raw behind. Street Profits, former NXT guys, War Raiders as well, and Zack Ryder. And now Nakamura and Strong going out. Of course, they're going to meet in the triple threat match. But now all three teams are having a mass rumble. Was NXT getting a shit kicked out of them? It'll be Raw versus SmackDown on NXT. Yep, looks that way. And the rest of the NXT locker room come out as well. So kind of even the numbers. Someone's going off the top rope, isn't they? Yep, we're waiting for the spot. And now everybody brawl on the outside. Cesaro's there. Oh, wait a minute! Stu McIntyre! Claymore kick to Dijakovic. Well, the most NXT champ of all time is in the house. Don't forget about Drew McIntyre. Don't forget about the limitless one, Keith Lee. Oh, McIntyre says, so what, pal? Oh, my God. The power of him. Plants McIntyre, who bounces at least two foot in the air. Well, at least three foot. Oh. Well, now the big Viking Raiders in. Old Hanson. Eric. Ivar. Ivar. When they're looking at each other and he smirks. They're both going to go sailing over. <laughs> Fucking hell. And the two men take out everyone else at ringside. And there must be at least 20 people down outside. At least 25 people strewn across the aisleway. And Adam Cole in the middle of the ring. Standing tall. And Adam Cole is smirking in the middle of the ring. No, James. He hasn't got a smile on his face because he knows his team's got the advantage. But Seth Rollins is in. Oh, Super my kick. God. And here the booze from the Full Sail Arena. The first ever NXT champion. But Seth doesn't care. He wants to burn it down. He's going to take out the current NXT champion. Oh, no. Tommaso Chompers music hits. What you talk about who's important to NXT? This is his house. Motherfucker. <laughs> Chompers said it's his house. Motherfucker. So the first ever NXT champion and the last former NXT champion. <laughs> Chumper coming out. He's got his eyes set on Seth. And now Chumper. Wait a minute. He decides to take out Adam Cole with a running knee instead. Well, that's been war games. All fair in love and war games tonight. Oh, the crowd is home. Well, the face of Raw versus the face of NXT. A Seth's not cool chant going around because Seth says he is cool, but NXT don't agree with that. Seth's saying, this is your house, huh? This is your world. These are your people. And now these two guys go off at it. And a huge fight as we go off the air. How very nitro of NXT here tonight. But that's oh, very interesting. And that, James, is the NXT... The B. AEW in the ratings. And we're going to more detail about that in a minute. But what were your thoughts on NXT here tonight? It was uh, it was very enjoyable, you know. It was um I know this is kind of only a Survivor Series time of year thing, but I do like this cross brand kind of bragging rights thing. But what's gonna happen after Survivor Series and War Games? What are they gonna achieve out of it? No, oh, this is the thing. What does, what a couple does... of weeks of bragging rights, and it's just going to die down, isn't it? Yeah, what does it win again? I mean, you know, NXT were fun tonight, and you can see with kind of Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins that uh, the W talent definitely brought it on NXT. Uh, Keith Lee really impressed me to dive. I thought some of the brawling was, was, was good. Uh, some of it was, was was fun, and like I said, I'm, I am looking forward to more to War Games and Survivor Series after seeing NXT. You know, I think that's why it's done its job there. Uh, but we'll see what happens, and that is for NXT this week. 
Yeah, so that is NXT update. We've got to run through the card, but I think we'd be amiss if we didn't tell people we were doing a kind of wrestling marathon this weekend. And uh, we're just trying to, you know, the Survivor Season takeover, it's just not enough for us sometimes, you know? Absolutely not, no. We we do need to, uh, we have expanded our horizon since having the handcuffs taken off us by the WWE executive saying we can't do a WWE based podcast so we're like fuck you Vince we're going to cover every wrestling promotion yeah and there are a lot of wrestling promotions just at the the tip of the button as well on Sky there are tons if you have Sky at home there are you know tons of wrestling promotions to watch if you've got Amazon Prime and just type in wrestling in the search bar and it comes up with a whole load of wrestling there you can do as well yeah and we'll get onto some of that as well when we do most ridiculous uh, we'll be talking about um, some of the stuff that's on Amazon as well. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff and on Sky at this moment in time. I'm a bit annoyed MLW didn't record properly, as we've spoken about it before. Uh, but we have seen AEW, which is available on ITV4. You can get that on the um, ITV player as well. Dynamite's been worthwhile, two episodes. And we've been watching Impact Wrestling as well. And I'll tell you something, for a two-hour show, it's not too bad. You know, they're definitely trying to, aren't they, you know? Uh, they certainly are, yeah. It. I think the general look of it looks really cheap. I mean, you know, like with the barricades, they just haven't even uh, sprung the money to just have some throws over the top of them. It kind of, I don't know, you can see all the fans' crutches, which yeah. puts me off. Yeah, that's true. Um, it does now, you said that. Uh, but it's, it's been quite a good night of action. Of course, our man Joe Ryan is involved with Impact. And the main event is a six-person uh, match elimination. And the winner gets a shot. Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion Sammy Callahan and Rich Swann's told a story he's been in half hour and he's kind of been beaten up in this one and it's kind of Brian Cage who's like the, the former champ who's coming now and of course this leads to something very special with uh, Tessa Blanchard winning it and big actually challenging Sammy Callahan in January for the Impact Wrestling title I actually said this to you Dan didn't I that she would you be, did, yes. be the first woman to be a World Heavyweight Champion but Impact's impressive, so it's available there. We'll talk more about the um, the other shows we're watching tomorrow. We've got SmackDown and Ring of Honor, which we'll mention on live shows. Uh, but let's talk about War Games, because, of course, War Games starts in less than 40 minutes now. Um, out of all the matches, Dan, which one are you looking forward to the most, do you reckon? Um, I certainly am looking forward to the Dunn-Priest-Dane match, I think. You know, anything that you put a bit of Dunn into, it's going to be... An awesome match, you know, despite having Priest and Dane in it as well. Uh, for me, I think Balor versus Riddle is going to be a surprising hot shot. And as always, the War Games matches are always thoroughly enjoyable. And seeing the women's War Games match as well, it's going to be kind of a revolutionised thing as but well. But is it going to take away from having two War Games matches on the same show? We've seen it with Helen Sales, it just becomes a bit samey. We're going to have this. 40, you know, they're 45 minute, 50 minute long matches. We're going to have two of them. It's going to be a bit of a slog, isn't it? Well, I, I, I think if they do it right, you know, they're, I think they're going to have one War Games match and close it with another. So we're going to have a couple of matches in between and probably a bit of talking as well. So it's going to split them up well enough. I think it is good that they've got one for the women as well, though. I do, but I think sometimes like the Rumble, sometimes it's too much. We'll see what happens here tonight. Takeovers don't normally let us down, do they? Um, Absolutely not, no. I can't remember the last takeover. That wasn't uh, a great show. Maybe tonight will be the one, especially after how much I enjoyed AEW full gear uh, last weekend. But let's get on to the show. And the first match is Balor versus Riddle. Uh, we had an email saying it's going to be a match tonight. You think it is. Explain more, Dad. How do you think this one's going to go? 
Um, well, you know, certainly with Balor, I think he's... Um, I know you have uh, very mixed feelings on Balor, but I think he certainly is a great talent. Someone who um, works his ass off for the company and it goes to show. And with Matt Riddle as well, I may not like his persona, I may not like him as a person, but again, he has got a lot of talent as well. And I think Brian can have a very good match. You're going to have the striking ability of Riddle versus the high-flying kind of striking ability of Balor as well. Yeah. Do you think the crowd might turn against Riddle in this match because how much they love Balor, or is Balor good enough heel to kind of sort that out? I don't know. It's it's. I think it's going to be a very split crowd because you know with Riddle they've got the bro 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 chance and the and the Balor they're certainly going to get all in on his entrance. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one thing that goes with Balor or will it be the demon though? If the demon comes out, I think a lot of people will lose their shit, including Mark Tardis. So I think that'll be interesting to see what happens there. If it is a demon, I think there's definitely only one way it can go. But I think Riddle, we've talked about, is a good in-ring competitor, isn't he? You know, yeah. the stuff he does, the style he's got is very different uh, to what we've seen. Will it mesh with Finn Balor? Uh, I I think it will. Will it suffer from coming after a War Games match? Or do you think, you know, if it is going to come straight after? I, I don't think it will, no. Um, you know, normally with the NXT crowds, they are pretty hot and they keep kind of, they keep you interested in it as well. Yeah. So uh, that is a good side. And where it's, uh, there's you know, there's from what I can tell, there's only four matches announced. It's, you, you're not going to be sat through for a huge pre-show. You're not going to be sat through, you know, it should be three hours, shouldn't yeah. it, you know? Which normally, you know, with WWE pay-per-views, they go for at least five hours. Yeah, at least six. So we'll, we'll be interested to see what happens. I'm excited for it, but I think I'm for this takeover. I'm just, I'm not as excited as I have been for previous ones. And hopefully that changes tonight in the Friddle and, and Balor can do that, definitely. So are you saying for the first time in God knows how long, I, I think since the podcast inception, you're looking more forward to the WWE pay-per-view than the NXT pay-per-view. I think that's an interesting question. I, I think it would be bad to say maybe I was looking forward to last week's pay-per-view more than I were for this weekend. Uh, I don't know if it's Rick, because Survivor Series, it's been the same. Like, NXT's been involved. What am I more excited for? I think it would be a good question. Um, am I excited for this weekend? I'm sure I am. I'm usually very... It's it's good to be able to to see the rest. I suppose war games. I'm maybe excited for a little. But yeah, maybe maybe war games. Maybe yeah, fair enough. <laughs> maybe one of the matches because you know the match is going to be good, even though it might be a little bit long. Right, but anyway, to Balor versus Riddle. What what are your thoughts on this match? And how do you think it's not obviously the result, but how do you think this match is going to go? Riddle will push him to the limit, but Balor will come through in the end, and we might see. You know, a sign of respect afterwards and then Balor kind of a bit more heelish in that way. I think that would be quite fun. Uh, I think Riddle does lose this one. But if if he were to win, I wouldn't be 100% surprised. But I would be 90%. <laughs> okay, okay, before the... we get to our next match, do you think as a whole, do you think throughout the whole takeover, do you think there will be any surprises? I know, obviously, the... Team Chompa, I know there's going to be a surprise entrance for them. Um, but aside from that, do you think there's going to be anyone else running in, interfering with matches or something happening? I would have maybe said Gagano, but I think if Gagano appears, it takes away the fact that he couldn't wrestle. So I think that's a problem there. 
I think we'll have more surprises at Survive Season than we will have tonight at War Games. Just because I feel the 50-minute match for war, both War Games and then you're going to have the, the two matches. I, I don't really, you know... No, I, I don't really see... Maybe someone in the crowd here tonight, but there's nothing that stands out. I think we're going to see wrestling here tonight. You know, I think it's gonna, that's what it's going to be all about. It's going to be a wrestling masterclass. It's going to be wrestling, and to think tomorrow night's going to be more... Uh, Storylines so surprises, NXT and stuff like that. Because if you look at it like the women's war games match, Ray Ripley, Tegan Knox, me, Riem and Candice LeRae. I mean, it's such a weird uh, team to, to say it like that. Uh, going against Basler, Shai, Blair and Kaylee Ray. It's going to be an interesting match because some of these women have got a lot to prove. Because Basler, yeah, you know, Shai's maybe come across. But there's other women like Tegan Knox is probably the biggest match of her young career. Of course, Kaylee Ray's women's UK women's champion's got to bring it tonight. Do you think we will see a LeRae standoff? Candice I, and yeah. Kay? I think we will. I think we'll I think we'll see I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Shy coming off the top of the cage here tonight. Or or as a, you know what I mean, a, a big stunt moment with her taking most of them down. I hope they don't resort to just stunts because I know how much you hate that as well. So hopefully tonight it just won't be, you know, stunt, stunt, stunt. We'll have a little bit of story to it, you know. Uh, out of the two War Games match, which one are you most excited to, to see? Um, From previous War Games, obviously we've not got a women's War Games match to compare it to. But I think with the men's, you know, the Undisputed Era, they do perform really well in under, uh, in War Games it's, matches. Yeah, kind of their match, isn't it? Even though they've come up short the previous two. Yeah, um, but I think... I don't know. I'm excited to see how the women's War Games match does pan out. <clears throat> I'm excited about the women's and the men's. And that's no doubt, you know, the men's is going to be a great match. I think the women involved, I think there's got a chance tonight to really show us saying, you know, Blair with her strength, uh, and Mia Yim with her toughness. I hope she's 100%, even though she probably won't be. And Ripley as well. I think Ripley could have a very strong show in here tonight. Uh, and But Baszler as well, because of tomorrow night at Survivor Series so I think that might come into play you talk about surprises maybe we see a Raw or Smackdown do you think we're going to see any surprises um, I don't think there will be any surprises now I think they're going to be left to their devices uh, but saying that again you know you're going to have will something happen to Basler from either uh, Becky 2 belts or Becky 1 belt yeah. and Bailey Bailey. They've run Bailey down, so will Bailey come in and say, "Look, I'm going to prove a point here. I'm going to take Basler out." Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see, but I think you got to back uh, in this one. Who are you backing? I am backing Team Basler, but I've got a little. I think something's going to happen on Team Ripley. Someone's going to turn on the others. Oh, that'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, next match: Dunn versus Priest versus Dane. How do you think this is going to go down? Well, James. I'm not wearing my Bruiserweight t-shirt for no reason, son. Um, you know, this is going to be a Pete Dunne match. It's, you've got the Killian Dane versus Priest Angle. You know, these two guys have been rivals. They've been going back and forth having matches. Um, I, I think Dunne's, Dunne's going to shine in this. He's, he's certainly uh, the most talented out of the three of them. And it's just going to show through. Well, we questioned Pete Dunne, didn't we, when he, uh, or NXT's involvement with him when he came across after losing to Walter rather than go for the rematch and losing to Damian Priest. And is this their chance tonight to say, yeah, have a match, win that, and then you have a moment at Survivor Series 
There is no one better than Pete Dunne in big matches. And I think tonight could be a sleeper hit for match of the night, this one. I think you agree with me there, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. I think Killian Dane can definitely bring it. And what I've seen of Priest, when he can be moved and carried the way Dunne can, I think this should be quite an interesting thing. I think, again, we're going to see a show of strengths. And uh, I, I wouldn't see Dunne going out on top. Any thoughts else on this triple threat match? Does it make sense? Because originally they were going to have it on NXT to have the match on SmackDown, but now it makes more sense in that way. I think it does, yeah. It gives it a bit more of a big match feel. Unless they put it on the kickoff and then completely ruin it. <laughs> there is a way that, yeah. I mean, that would be the kind of worst thing ever. That would be like, here's probably one of the best matches on the card, but we're going to kick you in the nuts and put it on kickoff. Alan Cole, Pete Dell on the kickoff. Uh, and then the main event, Dan. Uh, the main event for this match, I am very much looking forward to see who the uh, the fourth member of Team Chomper is going to be. I think I might have it right in my predictions. I'm not going to divulge who that is just yet. I'm going to wait until the moment. But, um, yeah, you know, these matches are always brutal. There's always going to be a big stunt going through it. I'd like to have seen, um, I don't know, Dijakovic and Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee's going to do something crazy. Yeah, I think what we've seen in recent... I mean, you've got Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, Chumper against the Unspeaked Era. Who will be the fourth man? That's something we've got to uh, answer. Uh, I think it's not going to be a bigger surprise as... Do you not think. think it's going to be someone new showing up, or do you think it's going I, to be an existing roster member? I think member? it's just going to be it's going to be Mandy Rose all over again. I remember when we did this as Spies people, and it's just what they do. It's just kind of simple. Uh, there's no real kind of difference in it, and that's what I feel here tonight. But the undisputed here, maybe they need a victory at this event to prove that they are the greatest group because they have lost uh, the previous couple. Maybe that will different. Uh, how I, I think we'll see a few stuff. Do you think we'll see weapons and tables and stuff like that tonight? I think there will be a few weapons. Um, if NXT, if uh, sorry, Team Undisputed Era are going to come out on top, there will be weapons involved. If it's a straight-up wrestling match, then it'll be Team Chomper to yeah. win. Can we see any interference? Will we see maybe Pete Dunne getting involved with anybody from Raw or the main event as well? You know, Again, there is a possibility. Uh, uh, I don't know. Will Team Chomper choose someone and then on their way to the ring they get taken out and replaced by someone better. Yeah, maybe Ricochet. Or someone like that. Is that who you gone for? You're not going to tell me, are you? I'm yeah? not going to tell you. You're not going to tell me. All right. So I cannot confirm it. nor deny no. that I may or may not have gone for Ricochet. <laughs> but I think that is it. Are you happy with that, Dan? The card? I am happy. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it does seem like it's lacking a bit, but obviously with the two war games matches they're going to be the car's going to be pretty much filled out yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens here tonight of course we're excited the uh, live kickoff has started on the WWE network now and takeover starts in uh, less than half an hour so it should be a good one like I said takeover never lets us down and you'll find out what we think of it when we release it on Wednesday for you takeover will come out before the big four event for the first time as well and it should be a good one. But don't forget any thoughts that you have, you can tell us by following us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email to WNR Podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at WNR Podcast. 
We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Nice change soon. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WNR podcast. We've got the latest clips on there. We've got some fantastic things. We lost Bray versus Ricochet is is still up there, and of course Oscar versus Ember Moon from when we saw we were at Take uh, we were at NXT front row. Yes, as it was. We've um, got the Young Bucks there as well. Yeah, Young Bucks, all the stuff on YouTube, of course, the WNR podcast. And podcasts got at the same time on YouTube. There are places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio, where we're live now. And we'll be live tomorrow night at 9pm for Survivor Series. Of course, iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. I have been James Jones. Dan, what are you hoping for tonight? What's your last thing for TakeOver here tonight? I'm just hoping that all the matches deliver and not one of them lets us down. Yeah. And I hope I'm as entertained as I was Last week for AEW. And I hope I get a perfect score and <laughs> win the NXT for the year as well. Well, it's 4 4, so it's all to play for. But that is it. And like I say, thanks for listening, buddy. It's, uh, we've really enjoyed it. And we'll be back tomorrow night. Thanks for listening, buddy. And bye. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>